Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. to the last podcast you were listening to earlier we explained, explained it and all add on at the end of the last show but yeah already two hours long I mean what the hell we spent 45 of those two hours talking about food I mean I enjoy talking about food and weddings and such you know because me and Paul hadn't had a chance to chat before that much before recording the show so we, we hadn't but do you know I must say your information about the wedding sounded like a really really fun time yeah you, yeah. you had a sweetie station Yes, but no double lollies were being offered, which I think makes out the whole endeavour a waste of time. Ah, yeah, that, that Absolutely sucks. wasteful. You can't, you cannot have double lollies, man. There's certain sweeties you need to have in a sweetie station. Is that is that those little little swizzle lollies? Yeah, they kind of they kind of come with like the kind of the same in the same family as like your love hearts, your oh, thing, your yeah, yeah. those little ones. Are those those ones that used to have the plastic stick, but then they've got that fucking crappy stick now, and they suck. Well, I don't think they suck. I mean, I, I can tell you, I don't really spend much time. As soon as I've... Because they, they, depending on what one you get, you can easily bite into it quite early. So yeah, as, soon as, yeah. I, as soon as I mean, I bite into it, I depart with the stick. See, I I used to like having a little plastic like hollow stick because my thing when I was younger, I used I used to bite the, the candy bit off uh-huh. and chew out the little bit that was stuck in the, in the thing and then use a little plastic bit as a straw. <laughs> <laughs> I used to think that was cool. Yeah. In many days, weirdly... Like maybe it's just me and my my general incompetence with it, but like it seems like certain double like every third or fourth double they've tied the wee plastic bit around it in a way to ensure you don't fucking get into the thing. I know it and sucks. I'm, I'm trying to figure it out like I'm trying to crack a bath and say like I just want a fucking lolly. What I tend to do in that case is like see the one little teeny loose bit you find. Uh-huh. I just bite that, yeah. and then you get your nail under it, and you're like, ha ha! I have got the treasure. <laughs> See, it's, it's stuff like this that we were rambling on about, and then we talked about the undercard and some info surrounding the Night 7 Rumble. So we got the undercard out of the way we got. We talked about four matches. We did. Two, we did. two of them were good. The I thought the Taker match was... Yeah, the Taker match was solid. It was better than I, I thought it would be, given that seemingly his little thing with Vader was fairly thrown together, and then despite the... To make the bullshit like finishing like the weird rules of like what the referee would allow, not allow the gold yeah, triple yeah. H they put on a good show and, and but then you had Ahmed and Farouk, which was a big pile of nothing and then Yeah. You know, I made sure to bring some info about the WWE relationship with Triple A. A big pile of nothing. Which was more interesting than talking about that weird triple A six man tag that we give a bit as much of a shit about as the people who were in the audience at the time. Oh, I know. It was just you know, it, it's weird to say as well. It wasn't like the the overall wrestling quality. It wasn't utter garbage. Yeah, it wasn't great. Yeah, but it wasn't garbage. But 
I don't believe the crowd had any real feel for it because the crowd they didn't really know who these guys were. Yeah, like, like I you said, know. it was a combination of overestimates just how big like the Latin American market or how big the demand for like seeing military Libre guys in that part of like Texas yeah. would be. But also it would have they would have been able to get the crowd on side had they got some more flashy you know, wrestlers to do the six man tag and not Flash Funk. <laughs> well no, not in terms of name but like no. Clearly they were wanting the kind of guys they were seeing on WCW. They were wanting those guys they could not get. And they were like, oh, well, you're going to see some unique moves here, and it's not going to be a ground-based match. And then it was a mostly ground-based match with a couple of high spots. Not, yeah. all, not all of them that even looked that good. Well, as, I, as I said at the outset when we were reviewing that match, it was basically just tit for tat, you know, like, this guy goes with this guy and so on and so on, and then we'll mix it up a little bit and then finish and then done. But then again, I couldn't even remember long enough who was who, and then the commentators didn't know half the time yeah. who was who. And was was Cybernetico in that one, or was he in the Rumble? No, I, I believe Cybernetico was in the Rumble. No, all the guys who wrestled in the Rumble were not in the six-man tag. Were not in the six-man, yeah. right, right, cool, cool, cool. So, it was interesting. They had a weird... It was basically, with the exception of Mill Maskers, like, the rest of them were because they're like, well, who's available? Yeah, Mel Mascaris was uh, was a legend of yeah. so, of sorts. Right? Even, He'd been in the business for many years. Uh, even by ninety seven, he was a legend. There, and he's a WWE Hall of Famer now. Is he? Yeah. What for one appearance? Well, I think no. He's one of those few wrestlers who's there for his more general. I think because they have uh, Tatsumi Fujinami. He's in the Hall of Fame. I think he made one or two appearances yeah. in the back in the day, but then he he's, he's Japan worker. Then when you think of it, Sting, Sting had. Things was probably in there just for his general career. Maybe not his teenage, but WWE will acknowledge his WCW stuff. And the stakes of the Asian wrestlers, if you're going to have those guys in there that have only been in there once or twice, why the hell is Taka not in there? I know. Your first ever lightweight champ. I know. Fucking unbelievable, isn't it? When's Taka's time going to be? Taka's still fucking wrestling now. Well, he should be in the Hall of Fame. I know. When's it going to be Taka's time? I don't know. Taka time, man. <laughs> Even the seagulls, the weird yeah, annoying they, seagulls outside, didn't agree yeah, with you. Yeah, they agree with you. Where the fuck's Taka's time, man? Taka time! Taka time! Taka time! Taka, who had the grandest rumble exit of all time when he got flung out and broke his face. And was he even in the fucking match, officially? Oh, who who flung him out and broke his face? It might have been, I think it was either Bradshaw or the big boss man, one of the two. Yeah, one, one of, the big of them flung him with fuck it and he landed hey. right on his gum. To which, uh, which a legit pop chair lawyer to which the, to the point where you get asking it to replayed by yelling, show that Chinese guy getting thrown out. And, and JR had to repeatedly go, he's Japanese, god damn it. <laughs> I'm just waiting for a gorilla monster there. Will you, you stop? stop it? Will you be serious for a bit? But yeah, so there was a lot to cover with this, this paper. I didn't expect us to go that long with it, but you know. Now we're getting to like, the, the two matches that really matter. You got the Rumble match and then you got the main event. Yeah. The WWE match. Still not entirely. I mean, I get for this particular Rumble why you'd have like, the title match on last week, Sean the Homecoming, but I'm not always a fan of the type, the Royal Rumble not being the main event of yeah, the Royal Yeah, I get, I get that. Uh, oh, was it the 96 Rumble where the title match was before the Rumble? Well, I think this is actually part of a three-year thing where 96 the title was on last week. Brett Aker. Yeah. Brett Aker. Which is a non-finish because Diesel yeah, got involved. Yeah, Diesel got involved and then that led to the Mania 12 match between Diesel and, Diesel and Taker. And then also we talked about that raising the cage match where Taker tried to pull I Diesel swear, into the I ring. I swear to God, I think I've drank too much of it to say Dazer and Tico. <laughs> but, 
So that, that that's the least understandable of all of them. Yeah. But then, because then after this, also you got Sean being in the event here because hometown, and then the following year, the the title match goes in last week. Sean V undertaking a casket match, but oh, that one's more understandable. Not only because well, looks, I don't like that match. I know you, do, but like it's understandable that one because. You know, you had the angle afterwards where Kane tried to set the, the cask on fire, and it's over as often was. It's hard to continue on with the show when a crowd has just literally seen a man bur- burned alive. Yeah, I do you know, I kind of get it though. When I think about the 98 Rumble, mm-hmm. I can be less offended by that now because I can appreciate the fact that if Sean wasn't injured, then he'd probably yeah. be dead now. Uh, probably. Because he was in a very, very, very sketchy place at the time. Mm hmm. Like, that, 98 was when he was at the high point of his addictions, right? Uh-huh. And wasn't, wasn't, what was it he said at the time? Like, the next morning, he woke up after the match, and he, he could he not, move. he could not move. And what was it? Shattered vertebrae or fused? I think it was partly shattered vertebrae. I don't know if it was fused. I think he did have to have surgery. Yeah, Which is yeah. probably why they, they thought he wouldn't come back. But his back was really bad yeah. by that point. I mean, his back had been getting progressively bad. Mm-hmm throughout that year and probably throughout part of the previous year but like it just it, I, I, I know we did say that yeah. we were going to ramble too much but it just goes to show you like, the slightest little thing and yeah. boom your career's fucked uh-huh. and I mean if you watch that I've watched that Rumble 98 back a few times I can stand to watch it because I can't stand to see him get put out for four years in one little yeah. like that you watch that part and it looks like nothing. It's very early, early into the match as well. Yeah, the very fact that Sean can still go. Aye. But do you know the thing I've always said about that particular match? If that had been a curved casket, yeah, that wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. If that had been like every other goddamn casket before that, apart from the Kamala casket, yeah. If that had been like every other fucking casket that had been in a casket match, that would not have fucking happened. But then again, like you said, if he hadn't got hurt that way, then he, he would probably wouldn't be with us now. But then again, I think it had to be that shape for the post-match thing, because obviously a wood casket will burn quicker for the post-match angle with gain and everything. I know, I know. Just like That's why that's one of the tapes that I have to fast-forward through when yeah. I watch it, because see... And, I just can't watch that match. Uh-huh. I cannot. I mean, I love that match because it's a great match, and I love the whole, you know, Kane burning it at the end of that crap. I love that match, but in the same regard, I fucking hate that match mm. because being a fan of Sean and knowing what I know of wrestling as an adult as opposed to as a kid. I can pinpoint that moment the minute yeah. his back hits that fucking casket. I can pinpoint and I. The minute it happens, I go, like, mm. even now, the minute I see it and the minute it happens, it completely destroys me inside. I'm like, yeah. four years of your career's doing the toilet in that moment. But when, like you say, I'm mature about it and I go, well, yeah, but you might not have had those four years if you'd not. Because, like, there are times where he appears in 98 and 99 where you can kind of almost still see that he's still going through some stuff because he looks a little glassy eyed. Do you mean before um, he gets hurt? Or? No, after he gets hurt, oh, he yeah, pops yeah. up to be commissioner, Sean. Where you can, I'm assuming maybe he's on certain pills, maybe because he's still in a lot of pain backwise after the surgery. Well, a lot of pain, and probably he's got his demons as well. Oh yeah, I like because the times where I've listened to like, the actual post 
podcast and when Sean would pop up once or twice when he was commissioner of the case or they'd be able to tell if he was what they went. Unfortunately, Sean Michaels couldn't be with us tonight because he's, he's too off his tits. Mm, but we'd say something different. Uh, you know, and you told me about that famous one with Jericho. Like, you don't? Made, you doink now? Uh, I'm like, no, it's just a bit. We made you doink? Like, no, no it's just a doink. bit. We should never have made you doink. <laughs> and he'll pass it out in Vince's office and everything. Did he? Aye. Uh, that Jesus. same night even. Is that off. was night when Triple H even went and looked look, fucking go home. Fucking you're, sort yourself out. Fucking, like, you're my bro, I love you, but fuck off. Go fix yourself. I imagine it's the equivalent of, like, when Sean gets yelled at that early scene and Sean the dead, like, sort your fucking life out, mate. I bet. Right. And he went away and he found himself a good woman. Yeah, he's And t- a nice fairy tale book. <laughs> well, he, was already, he already had a kid at that point and he's talked about that, I've mentioned before, where he wanted to be a good role model and everything that helped him. Well, that's good. That's at least something. But, I mean, you didn't need the fairy tale book. Come on. Well, some people might believe in something. Well, some, they aren't in them. some people could just suck it. <laughs> Quite frankly. They're a little DX for you right there. Yeah. But, you know, stuff your religion. Well, well we, how we've just, we just got this started off hot, didn't we? We were just discussing the fact that it's weird that the rumble is on first before the... For the WFT on that. We're talking about drug addiction, broken backs, and fucking religion. I think only two other times after this three year period where it be a case of like the Rumble match not main eventing. That is when there was only one now, there's yeah. obviously now there's two Rumbles. So one Rumble may event, but also be one them. The other two times would be 2006, where both Cena, Be Edge, and Angle versus Henry went on, before, went on after the Rumble, mainly because the Angle Henry on had to main event because we're going to do an Angle to set up Angle v Taker. With Angle. Where, where Tiger came out to basically challenge him for a match at nowhere and he did lightning and all oh, the rings collapsed. So for some reason that was absolutely necessary to do. Yeah. And then and then 2013 Rock Punk that main evented all after the the Royal Rumble that year. So. Yeah, yeah. Which again, again, probably didn't need to happen, but it was probably just because it was The Rock. There's a very out there, just random question for you. Right. As a wrestling fan, right? I know you're not like got as much of a fucking boner for Sean as I do. I mean, I appreciate Sean. I mean, I. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I was a person who grew up. Uh, well, early exposure to Sean is like blood feud with Triple H. Sean yeah, you grew up when he came back. Yeah, and it was just it was a whirlwind over the years of slowly but surely figuring out just how much of a cunt he used to be. Yeah, but I mean, you could never fault him as a performer. Oh no, never, never. You know, like you must, you must like see when you grew up yeah. and you finally seen some of his early shit. You were, must have been like, "Wow, that guy was yeah, good." Yeah, because he also had the matches with Triple H and the, match, the ladder match with Razor. Yeah, but I also bought watching his stuff when he was doing that side run, like 05, uh Cousin got a hold of the DVD after it came out of WrestleMania like twenty one, so he got Sean V Angle. Yeah, and all that yeah, match, so. yeah. But but your point is, but like, no, my whole thing, like, which point, like. What what is harder for you to view mm-hmm. as a wrestling fan? That ninety eight Rumble match, uh huh, or is Mania fourteen match? I think, like knowing what you know, right? And I th- I will deal with that issue in a moment. Yeah. But knowing what you know, mm-hmm. and how as you have grown up and you know you're behind the scenes, yeah. you know. What is harder for you to watch, Rumble 98 or Mania 14? I think Mania 14 because the way it's described, like Sean, like obviously, he, he didn't, he doesn't really feel as much like the immediate damage from the, he doesn't feel the immediate damage of the land on the castle, like he said, till the next day. Yeah. And so you can kind of tell he's probably 
going on pure adrenaline at that yeah, point, not feeling anything. Pure adrenaline and then, probably, like, well, you know, Sean yeah. probably was doing things as well, but anyway. But then, obviously, when it wears off the next day, but I think knowing the fact that he seemingly like wanted to keep the matches, it would have been in Diddy's bumps, he's flipping the corner, mm. trying to do the kip-up and everything. And, and they, even then, there's still rumours of Sean not even wanting to do the match or maybe potentially may or may not have wanted to may have wanted to fuck Austin over yeah but it, no see when he did that kip up in WrestleMania 14 ah oh, yeah man like when he, he did the kip up but you seen him right he did the kip up but then you seen him falter and he kind of and he went ah, like, like yeah. he winced really heavily and you were like this guy's hurting alright yeah, so and also in a way maybe him getting hurt before the match was the best thing for it because like it was a case of like there's no other option like we're always going to go with Austin but there's no other option like you need to go away you know get the tail off you go get you know surgery and everything because yeah. Sean if he was healthy you, you, I can't not see Sean trying to be a dick get in Vince's ears he often would be and you know mm. convince him some way that it was a good idea for him to walk out as champion Sean pretty much was like a new gen attitude era Hogan wasn't he in a sense in a sense like you know but then I met Hogan with a better hairline then again, Sean still, there are stories of Sean, like, especially when, when he had to work with a click, or like, there were people that the click light, and Sean was wrestling them. Sean tried to make those people look good, whereas Hogan had people he liked working with, but it was mostly because those people could make him look good. I don't think Hogan ever really cared about making someone else look good the way that Sean would have. And Sean cared about making certain people look good. Yeah, well, Sean at least cared, like, they were both self, selfish in a lot of their own ways, but Sean could you know when needed to help someone else even briefly during a match more so than Hogan probably ever would mm. well like I say I always quote that thing with you where like what Psycho Sid said where yeah. like wrestle, wrestling Brett was a pain in the ass because Brett wanted to make Brett look good whereas Sean if, if Sean was good with you Sean yeah. did everything he could to make you look just as good as him in the match mm. and I think when I already by this point in time we've seen ninety six to right three when I said said the best matches on thanks in large part not just to the crowd but to Sean as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, come on, ninety six. That's what you said was hot, man. Yeah, Sid I mean, was... I mean, I mean, the MSG in the New York, you know, one of the most hostile crowds and one of the most famous wrestling yeah, buildings. But Sid was nuclear, don't man. Sid, the minute he came through that curtain, everybody was like beat less prima donna bitch. Yeah. You know, so. I don't know how we're transitioning here, but yeah, we've covered basically everything in the show mm. up until the Rumble match. There was a lot to talk about with the, the show, where the company kind of is at this uh, point. Take your point, and, like you say, Vince coming in with the whole trying to bring in the, the Latin market and try to boost. There were other little, we, we discussed some other little tricks that Vince did to try and sell at this massive yeah, venue, yeah. despite the fact that at this point the WAF is getting their, their arses kicked still. Quite, uh, quite badly. Quite, quite badly. Still getting their asses kind of handed to them at this point, mm. and like they're struggling to sell out certain raw things, uh, in the late '96. But I think the idea of like doing the last big four pay per view surprises in MSG, which is often like even only in very rare circumstances can they not sell out, especially for a pay per view, and then doing this one mm. again, like I said, there it's like oh, like look at how like we're still the biggest game in town, but yet noticeably like the Rosemont Horizon, the you know Chicago's a big resident city, but it's not the biggest venue that they go for for WrestleMania that mm. year, which is weird, but maybe it was just a case of they were trying to sell it using the card rather than the venue. I don't, who knows? But, uh, Paul, before we, we dive into, you know, we've said, we've 
just barely made our introductions and everything. Hello, Scott. This is Paul here, over there. How are you doing, Paul, before we, we delve back right into the Alamo Dome in the 97 Rumble? Oh, no, I'm, I'm doing fine, Scott. I've, I've you know, this particular day, I had a lovely day out with my mum. Oh, that's nice. And we went for we went for foods. I had a particularly... I must say the service in the cafe in Clydebank was, you know, very, very good. Mm-hmm. Very good service, and it was a reasonably decent breakfast, just... I was mild, I was mildly confuddled by the fact that I was haggis with my breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not it's not something I don't care what part of the world you're in. Mm-hmm. You generally don't have haggis with your breakfast. Yeah. That's more that's more of a meal staple. And for all you non-Scottish people who don't know what haggis is, look it up, we ain't gonna tell you. Yeah. You know. But you know, I had a reasonably nice breakfast, good coffee. Went to Asda with my mum, bought the weekend's beverage. A nice liter, a nice roll back twenty quid liter bottle of Doctor Jim. Mm. You know how I like to see my. I know I love to consult Doctor Jim most weekends. Yes, yes, yes. He's he's a doctor of bourbon, you know. <laughs> That's one way of looking at. It. Yeah, he's my he's 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 my trusted physician. <laughs> but no, I had a lovely day with my mum. I bought some nice new clothing. I hope to impress my boyfriend with tomorrow. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't say boyfriend, my beloved one, fiance. Fiance. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I I bought some lovely clothing and my mother blamed me for going into the charity shop and buying a lot of stuff and I was like, you made that decision, that was not my fault. I mean, there's worse places to spend, like, even spending, buying a lot of stuff at a charity shop, for the most part, you're still not spending a great amount no, as you would in another shop because, like, no, really. And I'm not trying to diss charity shops and everything. Oh, hell no, charity, charity shops. I'm sorry, to cut anyone you sure, sure, right? sure. but charity shops, anyone who does not appreciate a charity shop, quite frankly, is a dick. Yeah. <laughs> Something's gonna be amazing when you do find a charity shop and you're also helping a, <laughs> a decent cause and everything. Hell yeah, hell yeah. You know, like, like the trick with a charity shop, you just have to look. What was, what was a charity by any chance? It was uh, cancer research. Ah. I'm quite uh, fond of shopping and spending my money in cancer research. I've, I've lost family too. Yeah. That particular curse, mm. you know. And so I'm I'm quite fond of supporting that. Also, mm. like shop in the British Heart Foundation. Yeah, yeah often, British Heart Foundation is a good one. I'm I'm very fond of both those charities. So yeah, I've done some stuff charity way like the 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 where there used to be a block. This is now a Bernardo's, which is a kids charity in the UK. For those who don't know, and I've. I've given a few some odd things over there and over the yeah, year, like yeah. old clothes and things like that. But also, no... also, I did the thing that walking thing. I think I, I talked about in the podcast that yeah. I do a certain amount of thousand steps per day. Maybe that was in in favour of a charity, my friend. And then, and then you hurt your knee, didn't you? But I still did it. I still, yeah, you did. I still did it. You're a champ. Man. It was. It took me slow, and I had to, you know, bend the thing a little bit to go into carry over in March. But I did the equivalent of the twelve thousand across hell that yeah, period of time, yeah. and you know, I raised, I raised like. It was around 150 odd quid for Children First, which well was done. a charity. It was a charity my friend works with Gary, which is again about kids, yeah, helping kids and everything. Oh, well done, because I mean, a lot, a lot of people like a lot of people shit on charity, yeah. like, oh, the money's not going here, blah blah blah. Yeah. But you know what? If you do your part, it makes a difference, you know what I mean? And, and, and I knew it was like going directly going there because, like, the way I set up the Facebook, and then you join a main Facebook group so everyone can chat with you, and then you can through that it will show you how to set up your own one and set up your fundraiser, and then. You get notifications from them afterwards, like thank you, you've you've actually raised X yeah. amount of money. And you know, I I don't 
like I would like to do that kind of yeah. thing too. And then I hate these people that do it for the sake of glorification. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I would just do it and you know, like yeah, you know, take my money, leave me alone. Mm-hmm. You know, but I really do like just shopping in a charity shop. I feel like I'm doing something. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I feel like I'm doing something. And I like those charities, like cancer charities and things, yeah. because like I say, I lost family, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, and it. It means something to me, you know. What yeah. I mean? It means a lot to me. So I, I, I appreciate a charity shop because I mean, if you actually spend time and you actually fucking look, yeah, you'll find a lot of good shit. <laughs> yeah. You know I mean, I was in there a couple of weeks back and I found a fucking Lost Boys T-shirt and I was gutted because it was just out of my price range and I was half really want that T-shirt, man. <laughs> and then I went back with the money and it was gone. I was like, ah, damn it. I was like, oh well, but I bought something else anyway. Yeah. I was like, fuck it, I'll buy something else. But I was like, damn, I really wanted that t-shirt, <laughs> you know. But no, I got I got some nice things today, which I'm I'm reasonably sure my dear fiance will like. Mm-hmm. Reasonably sure, and if he doesn't, fuck him. <laughs> I like him, <laughs> you know. So I'll be happy with that. And like I say, we went for a nice lunch mm-hmm. and went little charity shop and my mother was buying all her ingredients because she's making a nice meal mm-hmm. for her and her particular gentleman this weekend you know her her gentleman who is my namesake ah. i may add you know what i mean very cool dude very cool guy you know but so she had a nice day i had a nice day we came back then i went up to the shop and i got my electricity <laughs> you know good you know you need your lucky i know you know and I have been enjoying, uh, I've been enjoying on YouTube, uh, kicking it with Ross, <laughs> you know, because that guy, very cool guy, loves his wrestling, and I watched, I watched this week's Raw, I laughed my <laughs> ass off, and I showed you that bit, you see yeah. why I laughed my ass off. Yeah, the scene, I uh, think, with Theory and interrupting Roman's promo and everything. I guess, uh, read Room. Your daddy's not here anymore. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll tell you who his daddy is. The trouble chief's going to be his dad. <laughs> and, you know, he looked so bitched. You know, and that, like, you know what, cherry on the cake yeah. when he also just slapped him right in the back of the dome. <laughs> I was just like, that. I was like, oh, that is money, man. Because, <laughs> like, we recorded our part before everything came out, I think, with the whole Vince retirement, the Triple H appointment, and yeah, yeah. And, and Stephanie and Dick Cam being, like, co-CEOs and everything like that. And uh, well, this will be a SummerSlam all the time by the time you, you guys are hearing this. Yeah. But it's creating an interesting uh, profit of what's going to happen, not just SummerSlam, but the week's following it, because, you know, we've got Clash at the Castle and everything. We have TV 14. Yeah. Uh, well, pretty look for Raw so far, not, not SmackDown or anything. Fuck SmackDown. It's, you at least write down all No, I will not. <laughs> anyway. I will shit upon it until it's good. But, you know, so then we've got Classic Castle. Well, I think we're, they're stuck in the whole Saudi Arabia deal. I think they've already signed a big long deal, so I don't think there's any getting yeah. out of that anytime soon. But, like, we made a point a long time ago about WWE and that we weren't going to talk about current day stuff unless we generally felt interested or wanted to talk about it and there wasn't anything interesting us at the time. Oh, no, no. But they're setting us up in a position where there may be more WWE current day chat on this show. Yeah, I think so, because, like, the very fact about, uh, you know, the current takeover, the current management team, the creative team, it's it's a very interesting prospect at the moment, you know? Very interesting. There's been a lot of optimism, a lot more optimism directed towards WWE online 
and there has been a good a good long oh, while. Yeah. Well, like I say, I I watched. I went on and watched a full episode of Raw, and I was mm. not disappointed by any of it. Well, there we go. You know, that said something. That said something. You know, I'm usually quite negatory towards yeah. Raw and WWE in yeah. general, but I was, I was, I was markedly impressed. You know, and it was a case of like we spent a good few years talking about stuff because I feel like oh, we should be talking about it because we're white wrestling. We should be talking about wrestling, but like it was a case of like you know we soon realized we weren't as interested. So yeah, well, I mean, and it's like we want and we do like even though we're not watching it, I, I or I'm not watching it. And Phil, I'm usually watching it through highlights. Yeah. I want current WWE to be good. Yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't want to shit up on it. You yeah. want it to get better, but yeah. it, for the longest time, and I hate to be that guy, you know yeah. what I mean. But Vince wasn't helping anything with the way he was yeah. running this show, you know. And I think, I think, and you know, Vince for the longest time, the, the guy was on the on the ball. The guy knew his shit. I just think in the last couple of years he's kind of been a little lacking in his. And it's easy to say that guy Vince's age is out of touch, but like, how many people do you know in their seventies know what's current and you know hot right now? Oh, very true. But I mean, he was he's gonna he was gonna push theory. I mean, theory's not a bad guy, right? But he, I can and I can see why Vince would want to attach himself to somebody he he saw a lot in, but. It's just, it's just the way Vince does things or did things, you know, like, Vince has an idea for a person, right? Be it male or female, Vince has an idea for a person, and he wants to slam them right in there, right away, yeah. and go, ha ha, this is your champion, blah blah blah. People don't want that kind of thing, people want to have it organically built. If anything, you can hinder theory by association, cause to the point where so many people are like, oh, you gave him money, that's the worst decision that he's ever made, like, I could write you a list of 20 of things well, that are worse I'll, than that. I'll be honest with you, the money in the bank thing severely pissed me off. I mean, you know what I was like, I told you at the time, I, I was watching it with Brian, and the minute that little dickhead came out, I was like, fucking bitch, I was like, this wee fucker's going to win it, I'm fucking telling you, this wee prick's going to win it, and sure enough, he won it, and I was like, fucking bastard. Like, yeah, maybe... And, and, sorry to cut in, yeah. right, but fucking Vince's decision-making... It's not theory. Yeah. Theory's good in ring. I've yeah. seen the guy right. He's good. And he's a cocky little prick. Mm-hmm. You know, he is the right kind of heel. You know what I mean? He's a guy you love to hate. Yeah. But don't do what you did with Roman. I know. You know, don't just fucking go, oh, this is a guy you're going to like now. Deal with it. Well, you Build think him. I mean, well, then you're not even meant to like him. He's meant to be a bad guy. Yeah, but whatever happened to the way Vince used to do things, you know, like organically building a person. Slowly but surely to the point where you, you start out hating them, you kind of start to deal with them, and then eventually you love them. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at The Rock. You know, people despised the blue chipper. He joined the nation. People started to like him, and then he was The Rock. He mm-hmm. was a corporate champ, and people fucking loved him. He was organically and slowly built up. Mm-hmm. Vince did not do that in the later stages. Vince just got a person and went, this is going to be your guy. Mm-hmm. Deal with it. Yeah. And he, di- he didn't do any build. He didn't do any organic building. That was the problem. Mm-hmm. That, the slow burn, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The slow build. And that was what was missing. That 
That, for me personally, was a key thing that was a problem with the dub. No organic building of a character. Uh-huh. You know, and I'm I'm reasonably positive in the fact that with Triple H being yeah. a wrestling guy, uh-huh. I have a lot more confidence in the possibility of Triple H organically building a character. Yeah. Like, the thing with theory... I think Vince... The theory with theory. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think they wanted to kind of fast-track how Vince was going to like push him, so him losing the US title but then winning the Money in the Bank and winning it. I, like, I saw theory of a guy in the future would win Money in the Bank, but like, with Roman, with no end to Roman's reign in sight, and plenty of intent with Roman's reign there. Mm. Uh, but like, with no Very end good. to that in sight, this is like the worst time to give it to him. Because you know there's no way he can win the title, and then even now after how he was pretty much just with the, was just with Roman's word, without Roman even getting physical with him, like he the fucking he he did he did to him what the Rock did to Billy Gunn in night, and he buried yeah, that he boy, bitched him. I mean, I you have you haven't seen the full Raw yet, but I showed you that segment, yeah. the promo between Roman and Theory, with one simple sentence, he basically buried the guy. Oh yeah. You know, and I mean, you heard the crowd. The crowd were right against him. Like, Who's your daddy? Who's yeah, your daddy? But like, yeah, like he's, he's. I think the idea is like, oh, he's teasing Roman and and Lesnar that he's uh he's gonna cash in on. So they're kind of basically trying to put him. He's basically don't fucking think about doing it. But like the case of like, yeah, Vince is gone. Everything he was the main guy behind him. Like surely they had to have other supporters. That, like like you can. And like they have a they have a weird thing of like making the money in the bank and the money in the bank winner lose a lot before he cashes in for some reason. So it's like so it's not uh, so it's not expected. Like that's why Rollins lost to Orton the same night yeah. he cashed in. But do you really think? Oh, do you really think? What the way it is now, and with the people that are in charge of creative now, yeah. do you really, really think that Triple H would be like Vince and just put them there? Do you not think Triple H would make him work for it? I think there's going to be, a, there's going to have, they're going to have to find a way of, around like him cashing in, losing, and then going through a serious rebuild with Triple H. Because like Triple H signed him up for like NXT yeah. and everything, and he seemed to be a guy that a lot of people yeah, help. He's a, he's a Triple H guy, but Triple H doesn't want Triple H doesn't like Vince. He's not going to just like like Vince takes a guy right and goes, "You're at this point." And we're going to put you right over here at this yeah. point right away. Where Triple H goes, you're at this point, and you're going to have to work towards this well, point. We're going to have to do some serious work because, like, yeah, have him get like beat up a, a little, and so to make his inevitable cash in like unexpected or something. It's going to a point where I don't even think he will cash in on Brock or Roman. No, I think I think he might be. I think he might be Kennedy. Uh, so like, you're going to have to do a lot of work on theory after this day. Like so you like either Triple H or Paul Heyman or whoever is in Korea is gonna have to sit down with you and like listen, like we're not doing the whole selfie thing you were doing with Vince. We need to think of something different for you. Yeah, no, let's work something out. Quite here. frankly, to be honest with you, Roman Reigns with one sentence destroyed that guy. Yeah, with one sentence. And if a guy's character can be destroyed with one sentence, how strong was the character in the first place? So maybe you find like a different kind of character like for him. I think uh, we're going to have to do with him what eventually what they eventually did with Cena. You know how Cena started out as a little prick, little heel, little cocky bitch. Mm-hmm. People hated him, and then 
Vince went and slammed him into the fucking limelight and everyone yeah. hated him even more. I think what Roman said might, might be laying to how they can help Theory. He said, like, you need an advisor. Like, I think that's what they need to do. Have Theory lose his opportunity, lose the... He'll feel like he's at his lowest point and then find somebody who like, can be his man. Get, get, put him with MVP. I heard Rimmer they were going to fucking make... <laughs> I heard Rimmer they were going to make Dolph as his advisor. Yeah, don't do that. Dolph... Basically, Dolph can see, you know, see everything I've done. Do the opposite of that. Hey, come on. Dolph was okay. <laughs> okay. He's getting bitched by Dolph Ziggler in 2022. That does not help you in any sense. Yeah, when you're getting bitched by Dolph, mm. who at the moment looks like a sleazy businessman. And more to the point, I I can't believe I'm saying this, but I agree with Vince Russo. Mm. Where's Bobby Red? I don't know. You know what I mean? Where you at? Really? Like, or, to, to quote the legend, what's up with that? Like, the whole thing was like, oh, Vince John Cena can't be at SummerSlam. He's, he committed to filming season two of that Peacemaker show he's on, which is very good if you haven't seen it. I, I keep meaning to see it. I'm not see, I'm, I, I am meaning to see yeah. like you're Rob, meaning to Rob, see the perfect host. Robert, Robert Patrick plays his dad, who's, uh, who's secretly <gasps> secretly a neo-Nazi. Well, he's revealed midway through to be like a neo-Nazi kind of character. He his daddy. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> We actually worked together before. He was the baddie in that Marine film that John Cena was in. I've still not... I've, I fucking have that and I've still not watched it. Well, I've not seen it either, but apparently he's the baddie and that is Big Robert yeah. Isn't Isn't the Miz famous for those now? Yeah. Hasn't he done like five of those or something? He did like four of them, I think. Yeah. But, yeah, like they want Cena... When they said, oh, what's the Cena theory at me? And they're like, well, you need to get that money in the bank off of theory and you need to do some serious building because... Current theory after what you just had Roman do to him. Yeah, I mean, you've seen that. He was bitched. Like, you, you ever seen, like, those promos with, like, Cena and Miz or Cena and Rome or Cena, who people don't give enough credit for his promos, basically puts oh, them no, in their no, place. No, just puts them in their place. Like, if Roman can do it, put him down in one sentence, Roman, who doesn't talk all that much, has Heyman doing something for him. Imagine what Cena's going to do to current day theory in one promo. Ro- Roman put theory down with a look. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, you see when theory is all about, Roman's just like, you did. Correct. <laughs> he caught that kicking it with Ross guy, he's like, the look, he's like, you want, you fucker? Yeah. You here to, like, to talk to me? No. And the fact was, like, when theory came out, and he was all cocky and holding up the yeah. briefcase on his shoulder, all like, yeah, I'm gonna cash in, and Roman Reigns is like, really? You're gonna cash in on me and Brock. Nah, Ian, no. Come on, you're a fucking cunt. Come on. <laughs> you're not gonna cash in on Nate. Do you know if he didn't get injured? And hear me out on this one. I really think a, a brief thing with Cody in theory would have been good because it's the, it's the contrast, the, uh, like. Cody. The American nightmare who everybody loves. Well, no, it was more like Cody, despite, you know, being a second generation guy and the whole thing, there's like, oh, second generation guys getting shit handed to them. But, like, Cody, there's like, I wasn't seen as a guy, so I had to go away, become the guy, and then come back and like show that what I become. Whereas you're just being handed everything, like the idea of like Cody trying to teach Theory some respect and all that shit. If like it came to like in the storyline, Cody would win. Well, yeah, but then the it's the idea of like trying to like toughen Theory up a wee bit and keep him. I think the best thing for Theory is a long term face turn. I think is the best thing for him because he's. He ain't getting there as that little cocky prick heel because everyone just thinks he's a joke. Especially now. I think I think a trip back to NXT if they're revamp well re revamping and technically it's not even NXT two by the way. 
like NXT 2.0 was technically going to from reality show to black and gold, so technically this is NXT 3.0. So then if Triple H tries to, well, keep some elements of 2.0 and, and mix it with some black and gold, it's now technically NXT 4.0. So let's get it accurate here. Let's get it back to black and gold, because this multicoloured fucking nasty boys <laughs> fucking spray paint looking gayness has got to go. There's some good people on, on 2.0. Yeah, I'm sure there is, but it looks gay. There are people who weirdly every so often just randomly pull out what people would call it a 1.0 match but on a, a thing with all the multi-killers. It's a weird hybrid at the minute so you need someone like Triple H to come and say like, listen, this is what's working with 2.0, let's keep it, this is what's not working, let's let's change this thing here. Now go up, go up to Sean and go, come on man, nah, we need to fix that, let's see a wee bit clear. Go on. <laughs> so, sort your fucking life out, man. I think theory going back to NXT for everyone like, Bitter that you know, like everything, everything was meant to work out for me here. Like being very bitter about it. Give him a run as NXT champion. Have him win that, lose it, come back to the main roster, then rebuild the guy. Cause send him back to the fucking job center. He's not a bad guy. What is your issue? I know he's his characters are cocky, right? But he's no, like, he is a good guy, and he is a fantastic wrestler. I think. I think he's actually really fucking good, at, but the character is really fucked. Yeah, see, that's why I'm saying send him back to NXT because it was kind of random that he got brought up on his own in the first place. Yeah. But no, I, I have nothing against Theory as a wrestler. Theory is a fucking great wrestler. <laughs> I like his whole, you know, his fan, like A-Town down. Yeah. I like that, you know, and I, I like the look of him, mm. you know. He's that, like, he's that guy you love to hate. He's like Cena was. Mm-hmm. He's very like Cena in the early days, I think, you know. But, you know, he, he's like, Seen early seen that attitude yeah. with a sort of Billy Kidman build. <laughs> it's interesting the way of putting it, Billy. So, like, if you still if they still have serious consideration about seeing a theory thing, they need to do some serious rethinking about what. No, they really is. do because like, and like I say, it's the whole thing. Vince built him up far too quickly. Mm-hmm. Roman put him down with one fucking sentence. Mm-hmm. We're really we're really going to have to rework the guy, as you said, because you know you. You can't come to Madison Square Garden and be bitched by a sentence. Yeah. You know, and he was. And like, as I told you, like, I watched that Raw, the first hour was just him getting a beating. Really looking back, as much as I enjoyed watching it now, he really should have won that match at Mania with Pat. Like, I know that Pat's over and everything and everybody liked him in, in Mania, but he really should have won because like, he lost to a, a football player commentator who's had a few matches. He's been good in those matches, but only had a few matches. And then Vince suddenly takes his jacket off and beats that same commentator in like three minutes. Yeah, and, so and, you lost against a guy who a 77-year-old man beat. And then he took a stunner, like the same way fucking Scott Hall would take a stunner, just by bouncing backwards. Like, oh. yeah. So... And in the short in the short term... Well, well, in the short term, I enjoyed seeing Pat win. In the long term, I'm thinking like, yeah, he probably should have won that. Well, I mean, if you think about it, like, the way they're building things just now, right? Yeah. What was Dolph Ziggler's moniker? Was show-off. Mm-hmm. And he is A-Town with, mm-hmm. the, with the selfies and yeah. shit. I think they could build a good, you know, like, a veteran against a young buck kind of mm-hmm. scenario with him and Dolph. Yeah. It seems like they're trying to do that just now because Dolph seems to be getting involved in everything theory does and fucking him up at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know? And, you know, Dolph is, what, 42, 43 now? I think he's about 40. Yeah. So, 
you know, Dolph, Dolph's one major thing he could do is really help Fury build his game, you know? See, we spent much like our last, uh, the last part, see, like the last part of our, uh, our Rumble 97, we spent the first 40 minutes rambling, but I'm happier with this one, because at least this first 40 minutes was mostly wrestling based. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. And the fact, the thing we're talking about is, you know, at least relevant. Yeah. You know, because, like I say, the way I look at theory, mm-hmm. I hate him. <laughs> the character. Yeah. I have nothing against the guy, because <laughs> I don't know the guy. Yeah. And I have fuck all against his wrestling ability. The guy is solid in the ring. Yeah. Let's get that out of the way right away. There's nothing wrong with the wrestling ability. He's really solid. He's a good wrestler. Mm-hmm. But the character... Ugh, nah. I'd love to stomp him to death. <laughs> you know, because when you think about the demographic, we yeah. market shit too. You think about that demographic of wrestling fan, you've got your 18 to 25 yeah. or whatever, and then you've got your like late 30s to mid 40s wrestling fan, which is what I'm in. Yeah. You know, and, you know, those kind of, speaking as one of those type yeah. of age bracket fans, mm-hmm. they don't want to see a little wank like that. You know what I mean? People don't want to see that shit. And you tell me, right, if wrestling goes back to TV 14 mm-hmm. and the dub, Tell me there won't be more people in my age bracket yeah. voicing their opinion. Mm-hmm. You know? And the one thing I will say in that old TV14 thing. Yeah. Hell yeah, I want it back. But they better fucking respect the women. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm quite serious about that. You know what I mean? Like, I've, I've loved seeing mm-hmm. it in the last good few years. Yeah. I have absolutely loved women's wrestling. Because in the last few years, it has not been a bunch of little fucking girls, little skinny girls wearing next to nothing, mm. not doing very much. It's been actual women, a lot of them powerful women. I mean, yeah. you got Jordan, you got Shayna Baszler, you get for yeah. a t- for you had, time you had that big clumsy idiot Nia Jax. Yeah, Rhea. Right yeah, now. Rhea, who is a beast, man. You know what I mean? I'd love to see like Rhea v fucking Jordan, man. Yeah. That'd be so- a Rhea versus Savannah Evans. Mm. Fuck, man. That'd mm. be something. But you have so many women that have mutual respect, and like I would yeah. not fuck with any of them. You yeah. know what I mean? But as long as TV fourteen is done right and not like I don't want to see women being fucking. I don't want to see them be yeah. put back to nothing but a fucking, like, fucking softcore porno show, you know what I mean? Because, like, I don't know if they're TV 14, the period we're going to talk about here with 87, because I think they're getting, they're because, like, they've been doing a very PG pro with Golden Era, New Gen, everything. <sighs> but I think they will make the move to TV 14 if they haven't already at the point we're talking about. But I've been a big advocate, you've heard me talk about it multiple times. Like, I am someone who doesn't think that the rating of a show, whether it be 14 or PG. Or PG doesn't affect the like no, what's no. good with good enough characters and good stories and everything like NXT yeah. for years when it was back in the heyday of black and gold was it PG? rarely rarely if ever did blood or like there were periods of time where mm. it was a short period of time where like they their big blow match was like a two out of three falls kind of thing. And so like when they did like oh the first ever ladder match, first ever key or the first ever women's iron woman match yeah, yeah. they were they were pro- properly built up and got the right anticipation they meant something yeah. I mean that, that's another thing I suppose I agree with you on mm-hmm. like 
you can't just go back to TV 14 and expect mm. that's going to be the be all and end all of it. You've got to work. You've got to yeah. put the storyline. You've got to build the character. You got to. And it's like, got to be a great. And that's one of the things that AEW does. Like AEW's TV 14, like when Cody was there, he did the blood, and he's been teasing like, "Oh, you might be seeing me be doing some leading when I come back or whatever." Yeah. But like, and then but like, blood is reserved for certain people in certain matches, like. You let your John Moxley's would lead in a big match or yeah, people like I that. imagine when he comes back to full health, Kenny Omega would do Yeah, it. like yeah. Danielson, like, there was a thing that Wheeler Yuta has now been kind of mentored by Brian and, and, and Rico. Uh, uh, who's the little dude with face paint and the skateboard? Oh, Darby. Isn't he a blood guy? Uh, I think he has played before, I can't remember. Punk did the... Punk and NGF were both bloody and they did that big dog collar match, which yeah. I think it's also the stipulation of that match. You know, I must say, mm-hmm. this may be a controversial point, right? Mm-hmm. CM Punk is a complete bitch. Mm. He's still ragging on Triple H. I read a fucking comment he made today. Mm. Well, I, I read this particular comment today. I don't know if it was today, but he's such a bitch. He's like, Oh, nothing's going to change when Triple H is there. Fucking leave it alone, man. You little crying-faced, sniveling, motherfucking, clean-edge motherfucker. Fuck off. Anyway, like, uh, like Wheeler, you know, he was a guy now being married by like, Regal and Moxley and, and Brian. He had a match with Moxley where he got properly like busted open. Yeah. And they and they used that to throw the idea of, like, he got beat up, he kept fighting Moxley, and ultimately lost, but it was a case of, like, I like this kid, he can take a... Take a beating, but get back up, and then they kind of brought him under their their wagon. And since then, he's got to compete in Ring of Honor in Japan. And since so that's yeah. the idea, of like that was like a TV match, but like you know, this kid had to bleed because it was the idea of like him trying to prove to these guys that he could stand with them and everything. Cool. So uh, like, let me ask you this: C- CM Punk, yeah, did he when he was in dub in that early state? Did he ever actually wrestle Benoit, or was he just scheduled to wrestle Benoit? I think he was just scheduled to wrestle Benoit. But he never actually wrestled Benoit never in actually, any way. No, nah, never actually wrestled him. Mm, the closest they got was when Benoit came in and did the face-off, right? Yeah. I think the last person Benoit ever wrestled was like Elijah Burke. Elijah Bark. Wood. Elijah <laughs> Burke, <Bark>, yeah. <laughs> Elijah, Elijah Wood's an actor. I, I, that would be a good match. Frodo oh. against Benoit. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like Frodo's chances, to be honest with you. No, Frodo would not do well against the Rapid Wolverine. <laughs> no, no. And I don't know how to transfer from that to bloody to this, but yeah, I think TV fourteen, everything we've discussed before. It's a discussion for another time. Let's get back into the yeah. So let's get back into what we are discussing: the Royal Rumble. Yes. Sorry if you've been waiting around for like yeah. fifty odd minutes, but like we do hope you've appreciated our thoughts and our musings on the current product. Mm-hmm. Huh? That's also a big thing worth talking about. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, there's a there's a fuckload of transition going on at the moment. Oh yeah, fuckload. I mean, let's let's not get into another ramble, but let's just say that much. Yeah. There's a fuckload of transition, which fa- we can save for a later date. And to be fair, I'm not, uh, not particularly like I'm hyped to talk about this rumble because other than a few moments and certain people in it, uh, it's not the best rumble we've ever had to talk about. Well, I I would like to say in regards to this rumble, there is a couple of spots that I appreciate, and there is a couple of people, and you'll be happy with my thoughts on certain people. You know, I'm reasonably sure you'd be happy with my thoughts on certain people. Yeah. But yeah, number one, obviously, Howard does his whole thing, which Jerry Lawrence is always annoyed at. Oh, Jerry gets annoyed as I do. Yeah, he's like, like it is now time. I'm 
for the Royal Rumble. Two men will enter, and then every 90 seconds, another participant will enter. Until there is one man left who will be the winner of the Royal Rumble. This is your first time listening to one of our shows where we talk about Rumble. This is how I like to do it, and I'll remind people who maybe haven't heard it. Uh, I'm just going to go through, I'm going to read out the first five entrants, talk about, and then we'll talk about some highlights. Well, what was the first entrant was... I'm, uh, going to, I'm going to go through entrant one to five. Entrant number one is Crush. Crush. Number, entrant number two is Ahmed Johnson. And for the what first... Was it? Yes. The first couple of entrants... <gasps> Phineas was third, right? Fourth. Fourth? Aye. But the fake razor then comes out third. Oh, so he does, aye. Fake razor gets a full one. Rumble What's his mo- name? Rick Bogner. Rick Bogner, aye. R.I.P. Rick. He gets a full one rumble more than Scott Holler did because Scott Holler's never had a rumble. Then Razor Ramon was though. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you got Phineas coming at number four, and then number five is Austin. For the first couple of entrants, the fucking countdown clock is yeah, the countdown clock's fucked. And so, like Bogner extremely cuts to the ramp when Bogner's running down to the ring. Yeah, and then, and then like they just well, Bog- Bogner comes in and does some typical Razor type hits, you know, like. Brah, brah. And then he, he does the razor, you know, a stampy thumb pointing at himself thing. The stampy thumb point. Well, that's that's you... <laughs> it's not the razor thing, it's the stampy thumb pointing at himself <laughs> thing, because he's not razor. But he does the stampy thumb pointing thing, and then big fucking Diddy Ahmed chucks him out, and that's the only time Rick Bogner was ever in a rumble. Then, like, he didn't even get his theme song. It was only we got here, the theme, razor one theme song coming down, but, like, we got... Phineas suddenly has, without a counter, his music just suddenly hits, and then Austin music is just a very faint glass shower, not the loud glass shower here, and then people slowly but surely start to realise he's coming down to the. Yeah, but I must, I must admit, and I, I talk of it from watching the tape, I do love it with Phineas coming out and you go, don't go messing with a country boy, a country boy, a country boy, and fucking. But unfortunately, Heroes Never Gonna Give Us. But I do, I do bang, like bang, it with big, big fucking hillbilly Jim, he's yeah. got, he's got his back, like, ah, you go in there, you do your thing, aye, you do it. Like this crowd who, for the most part, have been fairly quiet up until, unless there's like big points. You can see them on the network all go clapping on. along. Go to, Don't go messing with a country boy, country boy, country boy. You don't get to fucking hear it on this fucking network, but I think it's like. go country boy. I think it's like entrance six, where the tick is when the countdown clock actually starts actually to fucking starts work. working. Like, we get it after Austin, but Austin comes out and I love the commentary there. Because yeah. Austin's coming out and, like, you see, with slight shutter down. Yeah. Like, like classic Austin he's, one. He's properly. There's, like, there's no remnants of the ringmaster to no, him. But he's, a it, like, he's a bad man. <laughs> and like, hey, he's a bad man. And he comes out and he just starts wailing on fuckers, man. Like, as you mentioned, also, the year before 96, I believe, is the first. Created uh, as the first rumble to properly use entrance music for every entrant. Yeah, out. yeah. And so that's why it seems so much of a fuck up when. You can't hear certain people's entrance music yeah, when they first I'm, come out. I must admit, I did love it when Austin got in low and it was him and Crush and Phineas in the mix. I should try to mention though, we should talk about the first when Crush is in there with Ami. I just put here, Ami comes in, no chemistry to be found. Oh, Get, God. It looks no. like he's trying to lift Crush and then he, he just drops start, him. He just start rolling around the on yeah, the floor for a little tr- bit. He tries to lift him and then falls on him and they're rolling about and you get a camera shot of Ahmed's. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Never regions that you don't need to see, you know. Ahmed's lovely red thong, mm. you know. But 
they're rolling about, and then Phineas is out, and then you know, fucking Ahmed. What was it? Ahmed, Ahmed eliminated fake Razor before that as well. Yeah, so Ahmed eliminated fake Razor, and then Ahmed sees Farouk. Farouk coming, and he does that thing that you know when certain wrestlers do it, it's okay. But when Ahmed done, oh yeah, Ahmed just eliminated himself. Uh, you know, and he goes running off with a big lumbering dick like he is. This isn't a macho man situation, unfortunately. Yeah. Where he's allowed to go back in. But he goes, he goes lumbering up after fucking Farouk and Farouk probably backstage beats eleven piss out of him. But you know, a bit like Phineas comes in, Austin's in, and, and it's then, then uh, I figured. Maybe the thing, maybe the whole lack of rolling, the whole rolling about thing. Maybe that wasn't fully on uh, on Ahmed because Crush again does very lumbering, slow. Nothing, nothing, nothing interesting to be found with Phineas. They're rolling about as well. Like maybe, it's, maybe it's just Crush in this situation. It's just Crush, but I, I did love that bit when uh, Crush was beating on Phineas, mm. and then he grabs him and he's like, "The Austin was like, come on, go on, fucking yeah. hit him." And Austin goes to smack him and smacks Crush, and then Austin does that thing. He's like, "Ah." Fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, like, ah, fuck. <laughs> but, like, fucking, I think it's uh, Phineas eliminates Crush. Aye, with a... The one elimination he gets, he eliminates Crush, and then fucking Austin fucking stunnels him. <laughs> and then just, he go and the fucking elimination is quite clusterfucky <laughs> because he goes to throw a big lumber and dick out. Doesn't quite get when he tosses him, he's like, fuck him. And then as he's going out, Bart Guns music's playing, Bart comes out looking pretty solid. Yeah. You know, and he comes in and he's doing his bit. And then Austin beats the fuck out of him and throws Bart out. Yeah, so Austin yeah, got, gets the, the stunner. Still very, still not much of a, a big thing on the, the stunner where like, he's not much of it. It's just still where he just grabs him, stunner. I liked it like yeah. that. Like, see what original when he just stunner someone and went, poof, done. And that was that. And he just, like, he done that to Phineas. He done that to Bart. Out both of them go. And then next one comes in. That's... Number eight is... Uh, Number seven, sorry, is Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake, ah, uh, and a re- is, at least say, a, oh, this is a rematch from King of the Ring. Aye. And, you know, to his credit, Jake does no bad for the first Weird, couple of minutes. Weirdly, he's one of the more over people we've seen tonight because there's still very loud DDT chants. Yeah, yeah, people are like, DDT, DDT. And as per usually, doesn't actually get to do it. Yeah, this would be second last. Like on screen appearance as an actual wrestler. Second to last, when yeah. was his last? He's la- he'd then appear on an episode of Shot- Shotgun Saturday Night, and then that would be him. He then would go and eat, have a brief run as a-, a backstage guy, but that didn't work out oh, too well for him. When, you know, this 97 Rumble? Yeah. What was his last Rumble before that? Do you well, know that well I think he actually returned, he previously returned the previous year of the Rumble. I think that was maybe a one off. Was and it then, in 96? Yeah, I think he appeared in 96. I think. That was maybe just a one-off as a big white ball. Well, Jake Snake's back, but then I think that then the reaction he got because the DT thing was still over, that then rolled on into an actual run for him. Yeah, yeah, and he got the King of the Ring thing. and Which is which is probably a good idea because then if he hadn't had that appearance or been as over as it was in that appearance, then he wouldn't have done the thing with Austin and Austin wouldn't have thought to use Roberts' religious thing against him. Maybe. So yeah, yeah. You never know who he could have been in the finals he's against. Just- he, he talk about your John 316, Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass. <laughs> he has to go back and get himself an old bottle of Thunderbird, get himself something like Curtis had back in his prime. <laughs> that was one of the best promos ever. See, see what I like about the set, I mentioned it, like the whole laser of the wee screen, even though it's not much, it's because like when guys are coming out, they're not showing like, bits of their time drawing, but their music's playing. And occasionally when you cut to the guys coming in the ramp, the screen will show you what's going on in the ring. So you guys got two. Yeah, yeah, you get you get to see it as well as see the guy coming. So like, but like you say, Jake comes, 
And unfortunately, Jake doesn't last very long because I almost missed that to write it. But it's as Bulldog's coming in and you see him coming in, the screen behind you shows you Austin well, throwing Jake out. Yeah, but you hear but like. The Corksmaster theme song is like to think of it. The man who's promised to win the Royal Rumble because he's bizarre. I'm bizarre. I'm bizarre. I'm bizarre. That was good. But yeah, the builder comes in and then they tease because this has been a thing. Him and Austin have had issues. They had a bit of a run in back at its time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is back when they're still thinking about the idea of splitting him and Owen up. And well, you with know, Owen going, Bulldog looked pretty good. He did. In the Rumble. He always looked good in the Rumble, did Bulldog. He hit the uh, the running power slam on Austin. Yeah. We get two more entrance. Number nine is Peroff, the first uh, AAA wrestler yeah, in the Peroff. Rumble. And then the Sultan, which is Bikishi with a weird mask. Well, actually, that is a head shrinker. Mm-hmm. And then... Rikishi doing it for all the kids. And then Rikishi with a... And then the Sultan, mm-hmm. who has the Iron Sheik's music or some yeah, shit, doesn't he? he comes out with Iron Sheik. They, they and always, always say when the Sultan's going, oh, where is Mr. Backlund? <laughs> I know. He's but, probably off campaigning. <laughs> and they joke, what if Bob Backlund was the Royal Rumble? Yeah, like, what? I wouldn't have been surprised. Yeah. Last one we talked about was 93, and Bob Backlund somehow managed to be the Iron Man of that rumble. Yeah, so. what was it, like 40 or it, 50 odd minutes he lasted? For, close to 50 odd minutes, I yeah. think. Who, was it Yoko that ended up putting him up? I think it may have been Yoko. Yeah. I think if you are the Iron Man, like, you, you're going to be one of the winner ups, or maybe the guy yeah. who wins it there. He was see. the Iron Man because before him, the longest time in a rumble was Rick Martel. Yeah, I think, Rick, I think he didn't meet the. I think at that point, the record was held. By the model. Well, no, model had a record in 91, then Flair broke it in, like, 92. Yeah, because he, he, he was third entry. Aye, because he was, like, just a bang on earth, so Bagland didn't beat it, and then I think Flair would maybe keep that record up until, I think, Mysterio beats it by, like, two minutes, when he goes from number two in 96. Do you know what? I'm still to see why I'm still to see 06, and I'm still to see why I'm wanting to see, because I like the winner. What's funny is like uh, 2006 is like the final three entrants are number two, one, and 30, which is weird. Is like, 30? Number 30 was Orton and number one was Triple H. He yeah. and Regal, like the full thing. And in fact, the Triple H was like, the first one out with three uh, out. Yeah. I've seen like, um, mm-hmm. like, Mother Day there because it was Ray's 20th anniversary. Yeah. I decided, fuck it, I'll, <laughs> I'll see if I can find some clips online. Too much of these beard and blimey, like mutton chop thing or mu- handlebar mustache thing that he tried to grow. Hey, nothing wrong with his lemmy tash, man. He, at one point, Trips thought he was lemmy. He apparently did, eh? He was no wrestling lemmy. You know what I mean? He was, he was a more coherent lemmy because when you hear lemmy, he could be saying all sorts. You've seen him at WrestleMania 17. Lemmy was a god. Have you seen the movie Airheads? I know the scene you're going to quote. I know I've not seen Airheads. Who won a wrestling match? Lemmy or God? Lemmy. God. Trick question, dickhead. Lemmy is God. (laughs) And then Lemmy's in that movie. You know, he's like, where the guy is like, (sighs) Brandon's like, I was a geek in high school. I played Dungeons and Dragons. I ate my boogers. (laughs) My name's not Chester. No, my name's not Chaz, it's Chester. <laughs> and like, then the wee guy in the crowd's like, I play D&D too! <laughs> and then Lemmy's in the crowd like, I was editor of the school magazine! <laughs> and then they all go, I used to masturbate! Constantly! <laughs> and his friends are like, yeah! And they beat him up. 
He's like, I used to masturbate constantly. What's this have to do with the British Bulldog? Oh, Sultan came out. That's where yeah. we're talking about Bulldog. Right, Bulldog gets a bit of back and forth with Austin. Then Pedro comes out. He gets beat up by the other two guys. Yeah. Then after I go here, Sultan comes out. Nothing happens. Malmaskus comes out. Nothing, Nothing happens. happens. I mean, he gets into it with Pierre, but even then, it doesn't look too great. Well, once Pierre, so, is he like yellow and black? Yeah, he kind of looks like he's wearing a mask that the killer bees would have worn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they wore masks at one point. Yeah. Triple H is number 12. Oh, no, 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 no. Hunter Hurst Hunter Helms. Hurst Helmsley. Yes, but Hunter the triple three H's stand for Hunter Hurst Helmsley, so fuck you. Yeah, but he comes out to the. I owe to join him. Number 13, I'm going to read the next couple inches, then we'll talk about some highlights. Going, eh? Number 13 is Owen Hart, number 14 is Goldust, and Cybernetico is number 15. I liked Cybernetico, he was kind of cool. But uh, as to which is coming in, it's amazing. The main highlight I've put in here is the Bulldog eliminates the Sultan, so Sultan did fuck all <laughs> in the, the Royal Rumble. Well, he got eliminated by the Bulldog. Yeah, but that's not doing much. I mean, he didn't do anything to anybody hey, else. It lasted longer in the year before. Yeah. And he. He was involved in the ringmaster accidentally falling out of the ring. I was going to say, like, there are some points where, where Austin's hanging out the ring, but I'm wondering if Austin, the back in his mind, is remembering the PVC. Like, see, I fucked that up and I was maybe in the final four. Like, I best not fuck up here. I'm meant to win the damn right. thing. Don't fuck up. Don't fuck up. Don't fuck up. Don't fuck it. Like, every time he goes out of the rope, he was probably going no, clinging. No, despite the whole, how over it was, he was saying, if he'd managed to do that same fuck up and I rumble he was meant to win, Vince would have looked and like, you're fucking done, mate. Mm. He'd have, have canned him. Well, Vince wouldn't be looking at anyone in any way now, would he? No. But, like, Owen Hart comes in, he's working with Davey, and then he accidentally... Yeah, yeah, we're getting to that point. Where, who was in at that point? It was Davey, Owen... You got Austin in there. Austin. Hunter's in there. Mel Maskeris and... and uh, Paid off. Yeah. But, like, like... I think, I think it's maybe, like... Austin's like trying to eliminate Bulldog and Owen claims he's gonna yeah, help like, him. Yeah, like Austin Bulldog is in the middle of like mm -hmm. like trying to toss Austin over and then Owen kinda looks and then he goes and he goes over and grabs Bulldog's ankle and whoa yeah. hoofs him out. And then and then Bulldog really does his classic You put me out! You bloody idiot, you, you bloody idiot, you put me out and then he goes to the camera, He put me out <laughs> And you're like, I we get it, we've seen it man, we we get you. Fucking, fucking put me out, fucking put rumble, man. Out. I wasn't bizarre enough. I was going to go on, fucking win title at WrestleMania, threw me out, rumble. I was going to win, got that rumble. Go, I was, was, was going to get title. Go, go up to Mania, win the title. I was going to go up to Mania, win the title, be a champion, you know, go home for a cup of tea. Fucking, fucking Owen, fucking, fucking idiot. Fucking idiot, fucking Owen, man. Fuck's sake. I see you. I see him again. I'll fucking twat him. <laughs> Shouldn't he be doing Nuki accents, man? It's not even fake Nuki or something. I don't know. Is that maybe Nuki? I thought we were doing Yorkshire. I don't know. What the fuck we're doing? Well, no English. No, he's, he's maybe from Manchester. I don't know. He's never, well, he's never well, sounded like he's from Manchester. Well, Dane, aye, so he done a Daphne one. Get out of that. Imagine Daphne said that bizarre. She was fucking bizarre, yeah. that bitch. Imagine Bill O'Gordon. I've got a confession to make to the WF fans. I'm a bit psychic. The strongest during my time of the month. Oh, I guess a little, little secret out then, didn't I? Rich Bulldog's favourite TV programme is that show. You know that one, Mind Your Nickers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we're terrible. Uh, 
<laughs> anyway, bye. Mm-hmm. And then they show the replay, which again makes it even more of like, yeah, he clearly just grabbed you and threw yeah, you just fucking threw out. you out then. Which you know, yeah, Owen's maybe the dick in the between the, in the argument between the two, but Owen, it, it, Owen was a bit of a dick, but he was cool. Right, but then it, it does make Owen look stupid. Like you just threw out your pal there. That's that's you fucked, mate. Now what is it we say about the rumble? I know every man, man for. I but up to a certain self. point, you got to use maybe help you throw some guys out, then eliminate them. You no, know the saddest thing about that interaction was. Right. It wasn't as interesting as the interaction between Marty and Sean at the year previous. Yeah, this would be the this would be the last kind of good Bulldog Rumble appearance because he would appear in the two thousand Rumble, but he was all jeans. Oh, jeans and jacked up and drugged up when. Aye, and then how long did he last in two thousand one? Not too long, I don't think. I don't think he really did much. They eliminate him. Not that I can remember. But oh. fair, fair, the middle portion of the two thousand Rumble what he entered in was a bit forgettable because. Oh, and rock one. Aye. The other one, the rock one, where he fell out and had to do it again. Well, he fell out and his feet touched and they had to work that in. Like, that period of where Bulldog comes in, they're trying to rebuild the main pool of the ring because, like, Rikishi's just went on this big run he's eliminating a bunch of people and everything. Mm. So they're trying to build the ring back up again. But anywho. Right, then uh, Goldust comes in and I thought it was weird that he didn't doesn't immediately go after Triple H and he fights some other people, then he gets to Triple H. Yeah. Oh, he's thinking smart, go in there, hit a few people and then get to the cunt he's got issue with. Yeah. Yeah, Cybernetico comes in. Don't have much there. And then, <laughs> and then uh, Mark Meadows, number 16, to come in. Uh, what, it comes out to Sable's music? Well, no, it was his music first, then she fucking stole it. All right, let's ah, get it right. Let's be honest, that bitch stole his whole character. Then the we wild get, man! Can I read to you what I've got exactly written down word for word here, the next bit? One, two, three, you go. Cybernetico and Peroff are eliminated by Mascris. He eliminates himself. What a tit. I'll take a deep breath. No, he fucking didn't. He fucking is Maven with a mask. Maven with a mask. He climbed through the second rope. He climbed the turnbuckle and then he jumped. He never eliminated himself. We discussed this very fact before we started recording our week. He did not eliminate himself. You cannot eliminate yourself if you go through the fucking rope before you climb up on the turnbuckle. Yes, well clearly he doesn't fucking know that. Well that's why we were able to throw him the fuck out. Anyway, he's a, he's an idiot. He eliminates the other two AAA guys. He then jumps up, does a dig dive, and he's like, Oh, well, Masquerade, he's, he's not quite familiar with the rules of the Royal Rumble. That's why we can throw him out easy, yeah. yay. But like... Yeah, there was a whole thing basically like, oh, Ross was like, yeah, I'm a legend. You're like, I can't have one of your guys eliminate me or make me look weak. And I'm like, like so, if you, if I do your guy eliminating you, we'll make you look weak. Here's an idea, Mill. Have a triple A guy throw you fucking out. Aye. Like, don't make a cunt of yourself. So clearly he doesn't, not only does he not think much of the WK, but he clearly thinks the particular triple A guys they've got involved, maybe aren't on the level they can eliminate a legend and like Bill Masters, Can but, I just point something out of here? Yeah. When he came into the Rumble in that era, mm. who the fuck knew who he was anyway? Well, he wasn't the biggest reaction, but he they still made more. They made no more noise for him than they did any of the other AAA guys. To be Aye, fair. but who the fuck knew who he was? I mean, it's a small, it's a small consolation that they were they did a hey for him, and there was much rejoicing. Mm. Mm. They did that kind of noise for him, whereas the other guys were just like super cool secure. <laughs> I can you tell you had a mask on. I wasn't looking at his mask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I'm a pervert. Like, yeah, have one of the triple A guys eleven you, then you can use that in a storyline where you can probably beat that triple A guy at a later triple A show, but so like it's a case just, of like oh just I'm, like with Ace Austin, I ain't looking at his shades. Like it's a case <laughs> of like, oh I must protect my, my my status as a legend by not having anyone eleven except myself. So okay, like so you don't want it made me to look weak in your eyes by getting thrown by someone else. So what you're gonna do is Throw yourself out. It's make yourself like a tip for by accidentally eliminating yourself and forgetting the rules of the rumble, but you make it even worse by not even doing it properly. Yeah. You're a fucking and more to the point, you are at that time, in the eyes of many professional wrestling fans, a nothing wrestler. Well, into the North American fans probably or international, because like, obviously if you're if you're watching on Skybox of the UK, you probably don't know who my master is. Yeah. Unless you did a lot of research or tape trading back in the day. That's plenty. Alright, fair enough. Oh, so, so unless you did like, unless you did a lot of tape trading back in the day then Yeah. But at that time, a nothing wrestler trying to make a big hoo ha about himself and a fucking rumble that he had no chance of winning anyway. Why the fuck can't just play the game? Yeah, no no triple A guys were probably gonna win the, the rumble. Uh I like what I've got here. Latin Lover comes out at number 17. I liked him. He's one of the only guys not wearing a mask and everything. And he comes in <laughs> and literally kicks Goldust's arse. Literally puts him in the arse and then fucks him. Once a point, again, I wasn't looking at his face. Like, Goldust is getting a bit of war fighting someone else. And he gets kicked in the arse and then kind of does a turn around and looks legit and like, who fucking, like Mr. Uh, Brent, like Mr. Brent, he kick, did kick me in the arse. Yeah, uh, he kicked me in the arse, you bastard. <laughs> yeah, where I'm saying he takes him in the corner of the ring and says to him, don't. Let's another. You kicked me up the arse. Try to deny it, and I will feed you to the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I am the son of Dusty Rose. You will address me by my proper title, you little shit. Puff. <laughs> 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 so, but legit gold at this turn like, just like who fucking done that? I did it, you big golden puff. <laughs> then Latin lovers quickly eliminated by our next entrant, which is Farouk of the Nation of Domination. Yes. Who then, now, it's mainly Wikipedia that I saw this, and I know that's not the most accurate source I know, I know, everyone writes their opinion on that. But, like, he he gets then chased out by Ahmed, because he does a big thing, we've, we've been out and forth with, with Austin is for it, then yeah. Ahmed comes in with a big 2 by 4 swinging it around. Most, in the most clumsy fashion imaginable. Uh, he can't even hold on to it. No, he's, he's kind of going, I, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, but I get fired anyway. I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, I think above my station, and I get fired anyway. But, then, so then, Farouk goes over the top, and it's credited as, oh, Ahmed Johnson eliminates Farouk on Wikipedia, like, no, he fucking didn't. If Farouk, if anything, eliminated himself, because he was running away from Ahmed. Yeah, he was running away from big crazy black guy with the stick. Like, He's running away with a crazy man with the stick, like he's gonna hit me with the stick. Did you did you borrow that from ha- Hacksaw Jim Duggan and not get Lakota on how to use it properly? Yeah. Hacksaw knew how to beat somebody with a two by four, you barely knew how to fucking hold a two by four, you big idiot. Then Austin Meadow and uh and Owen are fighting each other corner, Austin sneaks up behind them, swifts those two out. Yeah, and then Austin's left. But once again Austin's left all alone like he would be 
Uh, well, for like, multiple times in Stromble. Well, he, he was earlier on. They, I think they repeated a similar thing of Austin letting a few people then being left and waiting for somebody. I, d- I did love it, t- like, initially when he'd done that and then he started doing fucking press-ups and he was like, he's yeah. Like, he's checking his what? It, they would repeat this in the 2002 Royal Rumble for a lot, but we'd let him to be, which also made it led to also the face opportunity having Triple H, but he didn't pull the same face when, as he did win this Rumble. But yeah. out comes another old rival of Austin's, uh, Savio Vega comes out. But I was surprised, I assumed by this point was already in the nation, but apparently not. Savio. He catches Austin with a quick spin kick, but he quickly gets. Hoofed it. Yeah, Savio was not a Boricua by then. No. So Savio gets in quickly chucked it, and then out comes the real double J, Jesse James. Hey! Um, well, I'm not saying anything bad. I will say, I loved it when he came out. I don't know. Maybe he's there. Yeah, he came out to sing it. Spend my day working hard on the show. Oh, I love it's, Jesse it's working James. working hard on the go, you'd have to. You don't even know I the words. I don't care. I'm kind of wasted. I know you are. Well, that's good. Stop clicking at me. But anyway, I liked him. He came in, he did his little shuffle, and then get punched in the nose and thrown the fuck out. Well, he, kind of, he gets thrown out, holds on, and then Austin just comes and just shows like, fuck off. Yeah, he, he, he came in and had a little bit of... And I, I use the, the finger, the offence, mm-hmm. you know, and he came in and did that little thing, you know, he went to the corner and went and started going, huh. I'm going to shuffle at you. And he went shuffling at Austin. And he got chucked the fuck over. And he, like you say, he tried to hold on. And Austin went, nah, get the fuck. Just booted him out. And he went, ugh. And <laughs> then Austin, uh, guy just stands there, waiting for the next person. And then, who's music? It's a big opening guitar for Bear Hearts music. And then Justin does, he's like, he's big, like, he's Macaulay Culkin face. Yeah, he pulled his Macaulay Culkin face for that Canadian bell end. Like that gift, that's been gifted so many times. I've seen that uh, pop up so many places. And it, to his defense, fucking Brett comes out looking all serious, comes into the fucking ring, doing all his beat down and all that shit goes on. Fuck Brett. I don't like him. It's amazing how we can go, depending on what the review is, to be times where he's, where he's very complimentary because Brett's had a good match, and then those those shows like today. Yeah, there's the Royal Rumble where I have more respect for him. Jesse James when I do yeah. for Bret Hart. But Bret gets into it with Austin, he locks in the sharpshooter, this yeah. is the countenance coming on, and then you hear Lollard's music kits. And oh, then, can I, may yeah. I? And like, it's like, Jer- you are in it. You are Jer- in Jerry's music goes, you are in it, I can't believe it, takes a king, McMahon. What? Takes a king to know a king. He goes, it, knows, it takes a king and then he puts his yeah, headset he takes his headset off and he goes up on the apron. And Brett has got Stone Cold in the sharpshooter at the time. Mm-hmm. And he goes up on the apron, leaps over. Brett lets go of the sharpshooter, hooks him, uppercuts him, out he goes. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, he's all like, and then you hear him as he goes over, oh, 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 he goes over, <laughs> and then Brett goes back to being stone cold, and he's like, oh, takes a king, and then he gets his head to, to know a king, McMahon, that guy's a jerk, do you realise you were just in the rumble? <laughs> so... I just love that, just one punch and then just do the other kind of goes, ah. it's, the, it's the way Brett does it, it's like, boff, and then, 
Bud off you go. <laughs> that was, that was more impressive when Stone Cold's elimination of Jesse James. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he said noise when he goes in and he said to know what came in and then he goes, Do you realise you're just in the rumble? And then later on he just acts like he just wasn't in it. Yeah, he's like, oh, I should be in it. You were in there, don't you realise that? What are you talking about? Like, hey, maybe next year I'll enter the Royal Rumble. Because like, he was in the previous year's Rumble, but he spent most of it hiding under the ring until yeah. Sean pulled him out. Yeah, like, wait, you, I think you've hit butch, like, local bushwhacker territory. <laughs> I think you may have broken a record, King. <laughs> How long was he in there? Like, two seconds? I, I, I have it here. He has the quickest elimination in the, the Rumble. And a total of, where is it? Uh, to, he was in there for a total of four seconds. Oh, so he matched Luke with Bushwalker. I think he was shorter than Bushwalker, but, but longer than the Warlord. So the Warlord still had the record, and then that was broken by Santino. The Warlord had the record. Right, by like two seconds. He had two seconds. He, he got in, he, he stood around going, got it, got, got that through the ropes. Hogan will close lined him out. Fucking Hogan. And then in 2009, he broke him with one second when Santino slid under the bottom rope. Kane immediately threw him fucking out, and Santa goes, no, 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 I wasn't ready, I wasn't ready. Right. And then they wanted to break it again, but they failed to break it again when Titus was meant to get eliminated by Ambrose and Reigns in 2015, but he just, he, but he just fucked up, he, could, he didn't go fully over. So he went, oh, nope, and then they had to hit him again. Well, at least Titus can rest assured that people won't remember that. Yeah. But people so you, will remember that other thing. But, so currently, Santino Morella is the shortest... Shortest time in a Rumble match. Fuck that being the Warlord, though, because, you know, personally, in the in the day of, you know, muscularly enhanced gentlemen, I like the Warlord. That was the big bold motherfucker, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like... And we fought, uh, he fought the British Bulldog at this Tuesday in Texas. Yeah, I know, I, I remember that. That was for the, the, the Intercontinental title, right? No, no, it was just a non-title thing. thing. Oh, it was a non-title thing. Yeah, yeah Boy Jack is a big, beefy guys. The right. Warlord's the guy who, Shawn Ma- yeah, Shawn Michaels to help give him his injection into his arse, and the needle broke, because his arse was, his skin was too hard, and Shawn went to him, you've had enough, mate, I think. <laughs> when when Shawn Michaels is telling you that time you've had enough drugs, mm. you you had enough drugs. So Jerry Lawler is quickly just. Disposed of. I'll read you the next four entries. Out comes Diesel. Hey. Diesel. Uh, don't hey me. I will hey you hey. because he was a good Diesel. He was a better Diesel than Bogner was a Razor. Well, that, that's true. So he comes out. He, he comes, comes out, and I'm sorry, cutting again. It looked good. He come out. It was jacked as fuck. It looked good in the Diesel gimmick. Like, if we could have done that right, Glenn Jacobs could have been a fantastic diesel. In uh, 24, is Terry Funk, the mad old bastard. I think he came out too early. Mm. Uh, Rocky Maivia, number 25, and number 26 is Mankind. Who's Rocky Maivia? That, 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 that Dwayne <laughs> fella. Him who's in that DC film where he voices a dog. Oh, that mad cunt, aye. It's going to be another DC film, which actually as, looks quite good. As we said, oh, the blue chipper. Aye. He come, so Diesel comes out, he, he has a wee bit between both guys trying to like show off one of my power guy, then one of them rakes his eyes and everything. Didn't you being a big, big fucking Glenn Jacobs fan or Kane. Big Kane fan. Well let's 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 put that disclaimer in right now. I'm okay with his work as as Fade Diesel. Don't give a shit about him as Isaac Yankum. And current day, 
No fan of Tenji okay, as a man. Let me rephrase that in the most delicate of fashion. In the wrestling sense, uh-huh. you are a big Glenn Jacobs fan. In the wrestling sense, yes? Uh-huh. Do you believe that if it had been properly pushed, he would have made a good diesel? Well, it could have had they not spent, no, as two years ago, they not spent a full year pushing someone else's diesel who yeah, quite clearly looked, looked very different from this diesel. Don't you think he made a good-looking diesel, though? He's a good parody of diesel, and, like, he does it better than Bogner, but, like, yeah. again, like, when people know that that's not the same people, like, they, these are not, there are certain characters you can give people, give to mobile people, but... These characters that can switch between kit person portraying them mostly involve a lot of makeup or a mask. Well, like Doink or Quang. Yeah, or like in Japan and Mexico, there's been multiple people with multiple like, different masks. Like Tiger Mask, the current version of Tiger Mask is getting up a bit uh, in age. Is like the fourth version of Tiger Mask. Yeah. So, but no, like Glenn Jacobs, and I mean the wrestling yeah. Glenn Jacobs, not the political Jacobs. Aye. I don't need to talk about your political Jacobs, you know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but the wrestler was solid. He mm. was never my favourite guy, but mutual respect, you know what I mean? Mutual fucking respect as a wrestler. As fucking, like, I loved him as Isaac Gankum, you know what I mean? DDS. Hey. Uh, his finishing move was called the DDS. Do you get it? Because the dentist and the DDT, you get it. Oh, I get it, I get it. And his theme, and his theme song was a fucking drill, which... I know. He was Jerry Lawler's personal dentist, you know. Uh, Jerry Lawler, speaking of which, pretty much spends the rest of this rumble encouraging every new entrant to immediately eliminate Bret Hart, because obviously that's the running thing between those two. And the fact that Bret Hart's a cockbag. But every, so every person who doesn't who gets in the rumble like, no, don't don't hit him, go, go get Bret Hart, go hit him. And so he's very a big, a big fan of Terry Funk because Terry Funk comes in and just randomly in the middle of the rumble just hits a pile driver mm. on Bret Hart right in the middle of the rumble. No, the, the th- like I say, the thing I loved most about this rumble mm-hmm. is because I sat there and I watched it and I was like, as I said to you, I was like, there's a future rivalry. There's a future rivalry. There's a future but, champion. There's a future I champion. I mean, Funk and, and Mankin, when Mankin gets in, they spend a lot of the rumble fighting each other, but... They'd already fought in like Japan, like big death match tournaments. They fought in ECW and everything, yeah. and then they'd go on a team together later on as Cactus and no, Chainsaw Charlie. You see when uh when Triple H yeah. and the Rock started fighting. Well, Triple H and the Rock weren't even fighting. The Rock comes in and he he fights Austin immediately. Uh, yeah, well, Triple H has already been eliminated. I think Goldust eliminated him earlier on. Yeah, but the Rock and Stone Cold start. Oh, yeah. Rocky Maya Via yeah. and Stone Cold start fighting. I was like. I was sitting watching that and I was like, give it another year or so to you'll be leggings. Another another random pile driver, Brett, now this time hitting one on Austin. Another worst pile driver, I remember the Hart family over of Austin that year. That's poor man. <laughs> I mean he was he was he got better. Right? He got better. <laughs> I got better. That's yeah. poor though, man. That's accurate though, it did fuck him up. It did fuck him up. Did you need to mention that, man? For God's sake, man. Think think of the children. Oh, won't somebody please think of the children? But let me read out the first the last four entrants, right? Let me see uh, these four. Who do you think's the most out of place out of these four? Number twenty seven, Flash Funk. Number twenty eight, Vader. Number twenty nine, Henry Godwin. And number thirty, The Undertaker. 
Who's the most out of place out of those four? Godwin. Godwin. And even when Flash gets eliminated, Hall and Godwin sticks around and like you got with Godwin in there then you got he's surrounded by Taker, Vader, Austin, Mankind, Rocky, Funk, uh, even fake diesel to an extent. Hey, fucking fake diesel was in the final five. Aye. Now I got a point about that later on I'm gonna make. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so, I thought do you know all shit aside, I thought like you know, like future Kane, uh, current uh, fake diesel, I thought he had a good count of himself in that role. It's interesting that he was in the final five because like and the uh, the previous year remember the real diesel was like the final guy eliminated by Sean to win their own like yeah. they both eliminate somebody on either side and then Diesel turns around and immediately gets super kicked by Sean and falls out the ring. Yeah. It's like, it's Diesel, it's Michaels, it's, oh, two years in a row, Sean's done it. Uh, can I do the Vince part? Yeah. It's Diesel, it's Michaels, it's, oh, yes, yes, I'm going to have a bone of the night because Sean won. <laughs> Mr. Perry to the commentary table, like, Vince, why did the commentary table just raise about three or four inches? Uh, Mr. Perry, oh, for fuck's sake, Vince, put it away, at least until you're on your own time. That's where I can see him. Yeah, you dirty, perfect old bastard. It sounds like I said, it's interesting Tiger comes out number 30 in the same position that 10 years later the Rumble, he would come out and he Undertaker would win that Rumble. comes out at number 30 and by the time he'd got to the ring it was Royal Rumble 1998. <laughs> he was just in time for his casket match. What a fucking dullard. <laughs> I got confused because I was I was writing notes about an interaction between Flash Funk and Terry Funk and I got, and I got confused because I just kept writing Funk but Flash Funk had the crossbody on Terry Funk and Vince feels the need to remind us that there's no relation between Flash Funk and Terry Funk. I never did know that, you know. Mm. Never did. That weird looking black guy. He looks like a putty from Power Rangers now. Against that fucking middle-aged old, middle-aged old Texan with his knees. But again, it's, I'm still finding it bizarre that three months later he's going to win the ECW title on a pay-per-view. <laughs> still weird. So, does, does Too Cold Scorpio really look like a putty now? I think he does. Maybe that's just me. What age is he now? He's 60? He must be coming up on that, like, because he's baldy, he's got massive ears, and he, he looks, he's a bit funny looking. He always had massive ears, man. I know, but when but the lack of hair makes it more obvious. I thought he was weird looking when he was Flash Funk, because he seemed like he had this crop of hair that just sat on the crown of his head. <laughs> I thought, he, do you know when I thought he looked best? See when he had that weird, brief, like, blinky and miss it tag team... With Farouk? Aye. I thought it looked good then. So, you got Vader coming in, he batters Brett for a wee bit, and then he gets into it with... cunt enough. He batters Flash Funky, but he gets into it with Austin. Henry Godwin comes out. Nothing happens. And <laughs> <laughs> then, then here comes out, he pretty much goes after everybody, he gets a choke slam on Vader, and then this is when they decide, it's the final few guys, nobody... It's, it's all the entrance, right? Everybody out of the pool. Because <laughs> Vader eliminates Flash, Taker eliminates Henry Godwin. Uh, the Rock, Rocky. Well, just to cut you off here, mm-hmm. you have jumped over a reasonably significant portion. Really, why? What else happens? Well, don't you remember the portion where Austin is removed and then. Well, no, that's later on. That's about to come up. Oh, good, good. I'm just checking there. Yeah. I thought you had jumped over no, that. No, no. It's a case of everybody's out. This is all like Flash and Henry are the first two to go by Taker and yeah. Vader. Basically. So who, by the time those got, who is in the ring at this point? So, so after those two who are kind of like the most obvious, like aren't going to yeah, win. But the Rock's in there. Rocky's in there. Mankind, 
Vader, Funk, Deco, Funk, uh, Brett, Austin, and everything. So Diesel. Diesel. So there's some like final few guys there, but yeah. there's an interesting bit where Foley and and Rocky are getting into it. Where Foley would come, come big. That at this point he didn't think Rocky was up to much. Like, I don't think this kid's gonna last. Honestly, when someone asked him, he's obviously being like, I don't think this kid's gonna last. Cause Very also, interesting, considering what would happen a couple of years later. Like, because like, like obviously Rocky gimmick wasn't working, and so I'm assuming the '99 Rock's looking at you like, hey, who's not gonna last now, you prick? Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't care if your kids are watching. I'm gonna you. beat you into fucking much, kids. That's all I said. Careful what you say about people. <laughs> So, the, so they get into and Rock comes off the top row, gets caught in the middle of the and then just thrown out. out. Yeah, you, like, I, I did actually like that spot, yeah. you know, like like you say, comes off the top rope, gets caught right in the mandible claw and yeah. out you go. It's another, gets into another thing with Terry Funk where Funk kind of gets briefly caught in the ropes but we're inevitably being eliminated by, by Mankind but then Terry quickly comes up to him remembering their feud, throws Mankind out. And so then this comes to the most critical point of the oh, Rumble. I love you, Sean, I admit, like, Aye, I had a beef with you, out you go. Aye, you stole my manager, you prick. Out you go. You kept jumping me, you bastard. Where you go, you cunt. You, f- you fucking stick the manky fingers in my mouth all the time. Ah, caught my horn in my lighter. Yeah, I did that thing, I pressed down on the little lighty bit, but then my skin got caught in between the lighty bit and the not lighty bit, and now my hand hurts. It's a good thing I've drank most of a bottle of wine now, isn't it? But... So then it comes to the most crucial point of the, the rumble. Yes. Mankind and Terry Funk have both been thrown out. Yeah. They are going at it outside the ring. All three Aye. outside referees Aye. are dealing with them. Aye. Austin goes into it and throws a couple of hits on Diesel. Yeah. And we say that with the Tractor Diesel. Tractor beam. Yes. They... Magma. Right, Brett anyhow, throws him out. He talks well, no, like, he goes into it with Diesel, he starts laying punches and he gets up and then Brett grabs him and launches him. The crowd goes fucking ape shit. Uh, you know I mean? Why? Why the fuck are you supporting that Canadian cunt bag? But anyway... Well, because he's still one of the biggest faces in the company. Him and Sean are the top two faces oh, in the fuck company. Him. But anyhow, he throws him out, but... Referees see it. Referees see nothing because he's dealing with the old drunk in the fucking cycle. Well, technically, what did, what, technically, technically, you can call Funk the psycho and the old drunk, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. But what happens? Stone Cold sneakily, sneakily back in. Fucking goes over. Undertaker and Vader. Woof! Out they go. And, and then, then just before it, Brett eliminates Diesel. Diesel. Magma. <laughs> and then Brett thinks he's won. And then, oh, oh, sorry, cuntbag. Out you go. And so out goes. I love Fence's reaction. He's like, oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, my stars. So, so Austin comes in. The referees see that, though. They see Brett getting thrown out. Austin in the other ring. The music plays. Obviously, Austin's declared. Austin's the music plays. I was saying Austin's music plays. <laughs> yeah. But something that's very interesting, obviously, this will lead to, I'll give a brief summation of, it, yeah. of the announcement of the final four match yeah, yeah, at final four of the in your house. The one thing I will say in this regard, though, when everything's kind of getting to its point, you know, where, where Stone Cold's won uh-huh. and Brett's all realising, like, oh, fuck, I've been fucked yet again. Mm. 
the segment, the brief period, like when he goes over to Vince, mm-hmm. and he actually grabs Vince by the oh. scruff, he's like, I threw him out of the goddamn ring! You know, I threw him over. See, when he grabs Vince, yeah. Vince looked genuinely pissed. Yeah. Like, if you look at Vince's face, like, you don't touch me. Yeah. Like, you might be Bret Hart, but you don't fucking touch me. It, it looked like he was ready to chin Bret Hart then. So, let's lead to the next thing where I'll briefly mention that Bret comes out, he's like, I don't care what anybody else says, like, I won the Royal, I threw Austin. I but guess what? You didn't he? Then he basically says, he did his promo, he looks down and ready at Vince, he goes, I've been screwed by Shawn Michaels, I've been screwed by Austin, I've been screwed by the World Wrestling Federation. Yeah, yeah, and he went, he went, I quit, and he leaves, he runs, walks to the crowd, then Bond mm. soon comes out and goes, well, I've declared that Austin will not be getting his tail shot, instead, the number one contender for WrestleMania will be declared by a Final Four match at, rest, <laughs> at in your house, where it'll be Austin, t- it'll be Austin, Taker, Brett and Vader in a four match and the reason obviously Brett is seeing it obviously feels like he should have like he's the unofficial white one of the rumble so that's why Brett's in Taker and Vader it was deemed oh it was unfair they got thrown out because they were thrown out by Austin who was technically already eliminated so they they, they they feel wronged as well and Austin I suppose in her eyes exclamation marks again won it yeah, so he's the official winner. And then, so basically, Roman McKay said, like, if Bret Hart is willing to agree these terms, we'd happily, like, after you back, we'd love to have you in this fatal four-way match, everything, like, this will determine who will face the WF champion at, at WrestleMania. Yeah. And so Bret basically comes back and goes, I, comes back to the crowd randomly, and he just goes, I accept, and fucks off again. All I can say is, Bret, if you were fucked by that many people, I hope we lose, we lose the lube. I, I really hope Jim so. Jim Cornette would say on a thing on a row, if Bret Hart was screwed as many times as he claimed, he'd have struck oil by now. Mm. I said it in a more pervy way. <laughs> yes, I know. Because Brett's a bitch. Anyway, the whole point is, like, well, the final four, like, the idea of, like, okay, Austin was declared the winner. Brett, when you're talking about people who were already eliminated, Brett was officially the last official guy in the ring before Austin threw him out, who was already eliminated. I know, Brett, didn't see it, but Austin was technically eliminated, but he threw Brett out. But Technically, so, well, if the referees didn't see it, then I know, but... We all saw it, though. That's what I'm trying to get. This is the point I'm trying to make. But, I know, I know. So, all, Brett feels slighted. When did he not? I believe, that, I believe there was a brief, brief weekend at some part in 94. <laughs> <laughs> it was very, very, very hot that weekend. But anyway. <laughs> Come on. So, very few later, Taker and, and Vader were technically eliminated by a guy who wasn't officially in the match after yeah. being thrown it. So they feel slated. So that's why it's called the Final Four. Could have been worse. Could have been eliminated by male mascaras. But but really, when you actually think about it for a second, they were they weren't those four weren't the final four of the rumble. The official final four of the rumble are Brett Taker, Vader, and Diesel. Diesel. But obviously, for obvious reasons, it's a case of like, well, this thing's run its course, and I'm a fucking a promote a, a match where Fake Diesel's in my main event. It's clearly the attitude we've in here. Even though Fake Diesel was pretty solid, I thought. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's that's the main event of the next period. There's more about the changing originally. Now, as we know it from the Raw afterwards, it's a case of, in the first few weeks leading into the period, it's a case of like, oh, the final four is for the number one contendership. But it'll be made for a lot more in a, a few weeks, but I will wait until me and Paul inevitably cover In Your House Final Four uh-huh. as part of our New Year's Gas where we talk about a tale of lost smiles. I, I will tell you something that I find very funny once we are finished recording our show. Sure. I will not ruin it for the people. 
But no, yeah. we get we get that. Austin wins the Rumble, and then... Sorry, if, if the more is still here. Oh, we'll first off about the Rumble match, obviously. The match, the full run time for the Rumble was under the hour-long time. Like it was 50 minutes and 30 seconds as the official Rumble went. And Austin being number five in the Rumble was in there as the Iron Man for 45 minutes and 7 seconds. Score. And got the most eliminations. Did he? Out of that Rumble with 10. 10? Which Who I got the least amount? I hadn't, didn't say Phineas? Because he got <laughs> one. There are a few people who got one. I think like, I think like uh, Bulldog got at least one elimination. Goldust got at least one elimination in there. Who did Goldust eliminate? Triple H. <laughs> did he? Yeah. Good on Goldust. I can't remember who threw Goldust out, to be fair. But, you know. Well, it probably didn't matter. Well, let me go back to my notes. I should have mentioned it. Who eliminated Goldust? Did I forget to write it down? You may have, but fuck it. Uh, I don't have who eliminated Goldust. I don't know. Yeah, the Goldust didn't win, so that's the <laughs> point. So Austin, I think the only other person who went double digits in a rumble when they won it is Hogan in 1990. No, <sighs> no, actually, it wasn't even one way. He won it, I think it was 89, the one he didn't even win. Do you know what? No one cares about that bold old man. You know what, weirdly, I think by this point now, that means three people who have won the Rumble from a single single digit number, and weirdly now two of them are heels, because by this point Austin's still technically a heel. Where Sean won in 95 Sean, on number one. He was a face then, but then... He won that face in 95. Well, no, actually, yeah, so technically all three guys were heels now, but yeah. even though... Sean was on that precipice of turning. Well, Sean and Austin are both on the precipice of turning face. Yeah. So Austin won it from number five, Sean from number one, and obviously Flair from number three in 1992. Yeah. But no, Sean was, Sean was at the high point of heelness in 95. Yeah. You know, he was like, he was like Austin Theory. <laughs> Cocky motherfucker. So, yeah. But, you know, the very fact that Sean won was the fact that it wasn't Austin Theory. Then, obviously, as I said, four seconds was the shortest med time held by Jerry Lawler in this rumble. And so, obviously, going into this rumble, Bret Hart was the initial winner of the Royal Rumble. That was the plan. It was meant to lead to the big WrestleMania 12 rematch one year on Sean versus Bret. Oh, so that's why Stone Cold won. No. Do you know why Stone Cold won? Because of Vince Russo, allegedly. Yeah. Because the one good thing Russo ever did. So, allegedly. As his Vic Venom persona on WF Live, why would appear? It'd also be his name where you write magazine articles under. You know, Vince was the man who championed people doing stuff under their own name. Yeah. Had to use a certain name for some reason. They were doing a wee thing uh, before the weekend of the rum- week of the Rumble, like, oh, like, let's give it, let's send us in your predictions for the Royal Rumble when they say, like, who do you think's going to win the Rumble? Because, oh, I think Bret Hart's going to win the Royal Rumble. I swear to God, the Hitman's going to go on the. <laughs> I can't, I'm not going to do my, my Bruce impression because I found it actually sounds more like Quimby from The Simpsons. <laughs> and not a good one at that. Hey, you you do a better Vince Russo impression than Vince Russo does. But anyway, so a case of, apparently Vince was annoyed that Russo had chosen Bret Hart as he's where, because I think the whole thing is when, like, on-screen personalities say who's going to win the Rumble, the whole point is to not pick the actual winner so it seems a surprise, or maybe go somebody a bit out there who might not win. Was, was Vince going, no man, you ruined it, man. So basically Vince now thought it was a bit too predictable, so initially still the plan is... Brett is going to win so it. So Austin basically screws Brett out of it, then the whole plan is Brett now meant to win the final four for the shot, fight Sean at Mania. And then, but then by the time we get to final four, I'm going to talk about more of the twists and turns, and mm. how at one point there was a plan for Brett and Sean at WrestleMania 13, but for not, not, but not for the title at one point. But we we'll, we we'll get into it and it's the whole thing. Russell, 
Russell says things, Sean be Sean. Oh. You know. It's a combination of, of like a, a combination of Russell being a dick, Sean being a dick, Brett being petulant. I don't know if Stone I Stone Cold being about a million times better than both of them. I mentioned also Raw the previous night because it ties into this, but I should mention also a big thing for Raw. I think I don't know if I mentioned it on the first part or not, so I'll mention it again if I haven't. Yeah. Uh, Raw would officially make the move to two hours on the 3rd of February 1997 edition of Raw. My favourite Raw of that time period was the Raw after Final Four. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about that next time. But That yeah. was my favourite Raw. But anyway, Can so, you guess why? Possibly. But, <laughs> but so... It's a now Raw is too actually think oh Nitro are winning because they got that one unopposed hour. That's not a reason why Vince, because that's why they'll continue to beat you for a good and at least thirteen or so months after this. Yeah, because you know we're doing things the fans want. Yeah, like the NWO, which would ever get a bit boring, but still. I I I can still be happy, and I know our listeners know this already, but I can still be happy knowing that in my wrestling videotape collection. I have Bash at the Beach 96. Good for you. And at some point, I will have Halloween Havoc 98. Yes, and we will talk about it. I will have it. It will be mine. Oh, it yes. will be mine, and it will not be a fucking US copy. Yeah. It will be a copy I can actually fucking watch. But will I want to? Probably not. But I'll watch it anyway. But... Then this would lead them to trying new things with the two hours. Where the first hour for a while would be raw, would just be raw, and it would be uh, for a while it was JR and Jim Cornette doing commentary, and then they would change up. Oh, now out comes King and Vince for the second hour, or now it's the war zone. Raw is war and all that shit. I remember that. Apparently, then the the commentary team for the first hour of 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 Jim Cornette and JR wouldn't last very long, and Jim uh, Cornette blames people like Kevin Dunn and people behind the scenes claiming that. Me, oh, they said me and JR, they said we sound too southern. Too you, southern? Aye. You guys sound like too much like wrestling. This is sports entertainment, pal. What in the hell is wrong with wrestling? I don't know. Kevin Dunn, you fucking muck. I don't know. Fuck, do you know... Yeah, I've drank most of a bottle of wine, yeah. but I'm going to get this off my chest right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to get too into the details because I don't want to fuck us up here, but, you know, Kevin Dunn, from what I hear about his attitude, fuck you, Kevin Dunn. You're an idiot. And if you, by some chance, listen to our show, come at me, bitch. Have you heard the main reason why he's been employed for so long, allegedly? Because he sucks Vince's dick? Well, no. But supposedly... It was, he was carried up. He was a his family worked with Vince and his, his dad. Apparently, his dad, him and Dunn's dad, helped save some videotapes, some valuable tapes in their library from getting destroyed. And so Kevin Dunn got hired to be on the production and pretty much had a job for life because they owed the favor to his dad. Oh yeah, so because they saved some tapes, he's got a job. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, guess what? Kevin Dunn, Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast. This is Paul from that. Suck my ass, bitch, you're wrong. Yeah. Find me and argue with me, you cunt. And apparently he didn't like hearing... Like, people have alleged he didn't like hearing the word wrestling in his production truck or anything. Like, oh. he, like uh, Wrestling is the key. It is wrestling but, entertainment. You're like, yeah, you, like, you just thought and said, well, I'm producing a television show. Like, yes, your show that has wrestlers on it. Yeah, you're producing shit, you fuck. Anyway... Ooh, 
shake my fist at you, Kevin Dunn. Jake Horace. Cunt. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. So, so there is a cheer when the match ends for most people. There are some people when Brett's going. <laughs> it's finished. Yay. Well, there's that. There are, some, there are some Austin fans, but then there are some, you can see around the ring during the closing points, but there are some, there are some Hart fans as well who are booing this. They're going like, no, boo, shake hard, son. Ooh. So are we booing the fact that Brett lost or the fact that he's throttling referees going, I fucking want that rumble, damn it. Open your eyes, referee. Uh, the bit where he throttles the guy and then grabs him with a trough and goes, I threw him out of the goddamn ring. We were booing around, Vince is looking around while Vince, he's been he's being held up by Brett. Are you shouting boo or boo ref? I just, I just love the bit where like, Jerry Lawler does his bit and you're like, I think there should be sanctions against him and Vince McMahon is just very serious. Like, no, <laughs> no, I'll talk to him. <laughs> and that was, that was the tone. Mm. Like, that was a severe Vince tone. That was like, I'll talk to him when this show is done. He had no right to touch my jacket. My jacket's worth more than his contract. This is like it's like their parents like you just fucking wait till we get him, you wee shit. That's what it was. That's what it was. He was like, I will fucking talk to that wee. Like Billy Conley said, I'll take my hand off your face, my boy. Yeah. <laughs> but see, Vince had that look like an annoyed daddy. Aye. He was like, I will fucking talk to you, boy. You touch my jacket. That's what Sean and Brett basically are. Like, he's the older brother who always getting into trouble and he's like, why are you always getting him away with shit? You always getting me into trouble. And Sean's, <laughs> totally. and Sean's the dickhead younger brother who knows he can get away with shit. He's the one who's like, I had to ask you, you had to travel. <laughs> oh, Brett grabs the whole Sean. Dad, he's hurting me. <laughs> you leave your wee brother away and he's alright. Better than you, you wee prick. Why didn't you lose him in Montreal? You know he's fucking mental. <laughs> anyway, we're getting into it all day. Speaking of Sean, we've got the WF title match up next. We do indeed. Which has a really weird video black and white package about bad <laughs> do you, attitudes. Do you, do you want to take this one? I do. Yeah, you take this one. Let I, me will, I will roll my cigarette as you talk about Sean and his... his the boy becomes a man. Yeah, it's pretty much cut and paste almost with a couple extra scenes of... Jose Lothario and his kid getting beaten up. Yeah, we get we get the same video package basically with a little tweak that we got at the start of the rumble. Right. So the whole uh, the, the the narrator says these quotes: "Bad attitude for Psycho Sid, it's second nature, but for Sean Michaels, a bad attitude comes from being provoked, and no, it comes from him taking a lot being of drugs an and being a dick, but <laughs> a drugged up dickhead." And also, they try to make Sean the good guy, and the first quote you hear from Sean is, I'm going to do what I want, when I want, and you're, you're said, I fear no man, because I am the master and the ruler of the world. I oh, didn't need to use loud and no, quiet. I, no, I didn't need to use quiet. This is, I am the master and the ruler no. of the world. This period I've said is very less quiet, more loud, you know. Very coherent, though. Coherently loud. No, by the time he goes to WCW, he's less coherent, you know. He's he's in his crusty the crown. He's in these he's in his crusty the clown phase here. And that I said the loud part quiet and the quiet part loud. <laughs> <laughs> Psycho crusty. <laughs> Let's just say, Sean, you've moved me to a bigger house now that I have your WF title. <laughs> anyway, oh, I said the loud part quiet, the quiet part loud. Oh fuck. <laughs> anyway, so he's like Sean Michaels, his boyhood dream came true. WrestleMania, he cared only about being WF champion. But at Survivor Series, he sacrificed it all 
for the sake of his mentor. Like, oh, he, he gave up the one thing he cared about for this poor old man. Please, love him. Cheer him. Please. Cheer him. He hates this old man and treats him like dog shit, but fucking love him. You see a couple of this, this old man probably thinks the worst decision he ever made was getting involved with this prima donna motherfucker, but love him. Aye. Please cheer him, it's his hometown. If, no one, if you guys don't cheer him, no one will. It's really the way it was a show at the time, so. wasn't it? Because, like, people who were in the know at the time yeah. knew that he was a cunt. Ah, yeah. And that New York crowd was very much in the know, even the ones that weren't just hating him just for, just for him. Yeah, people just thought, fuck you, you prima donna fucking little bitch. Then yeah. again, I've mentioned it before, I mentioned it even at our fucking Survivor Series review years ago, like, if you're a man who's going to a wrestling show with his, with his woman, and this guy's coming out here who she's cheering for, he's all dancing, he's calling himself a sexy boy, and you're like, I fucking hate him. Like, ah, you're not going to cheer a sexy, you're going to cheer the big bastard. And the big bastard, like Sid comes out, you're, you're, just, you're definitely going to be saying, like, I hope this cunt gets fucking battered here. I hope this big fucker beats the... And you know what, Survival Series, that big fucker beat the piss out of him. Oh, yes, he did. And what did the crowd do? They, they went, Hurrah! He's dead! So, this is a weird build. Let me explain to you the key points of the build. Yeah, so, it's a case of, like, yeah, Sean is coming home, he's becoming a man, everything, the boy's coming home, he's, all that shit. He has matured, he has become a man. He's not... He's dead. The one thing Sean has not done by this point in 87 is fucking matured. <laughs> <laughs> so at that point, no, that wouldn't have happened until at least 2010. Like, this point, and he's like, this point here, he's like... Drugged up. Yeah, that. <laughs> this point here, they're, they're basically saying, oh, it's the homecoming of Sean, that's the insanity and everything. There's the bit where Sid, to get some more heat, says, I'm sorry for what I have to do. And he beats up Jose's kid backstage randomly on an episode of Raw. Well, he probably deserved it. <laughs> Pete Lothario. As he's called. And also, they're, they're, they're emphasising, they're trying to cover up why Sean was booed at Fauci. Like, people don't like Sean's choice of lifestyle. They don't like that Sean, you know, is flamboyant or he dances or he has long hair. Like, I think he's a puff. Uh, you, see, you see, like, people think Sean's gay and that's why they hate him. Oh, Sean's a flamboyant wee puff and we don't like the flamboyant wee puff. We like this big bastard that beats the fuck out of him. You ever met an elderly person who wants to describe someone who's gay but can't bring themselves to say the word gay? Uh, That's what Vince is like. You know, he's a bit... You know, know. He's a wee bit... You know. Oh, I was messing with Vince, Vince today. Uh, no, no, he's not gay. He's just, he's just colourful. Uh, he's like... He's Vince, he's Sean. Is he a bit... You know, like, no, no, he's he's, he's just flamboyant, you know. He's he's just Sean. Oh, it's like family. Come on, ma, he's just creative. <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot oh, of people Peter, thought he was. He, a lot of people thought he was at that time. Well. Yes, a lot of people thought. You know. Yeah. Well, what was it Triple H says? I might be a lot of bi things, but wait, did I just say that? <laughs> 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 Let, let's not get into that discussion no, no, just no. now one of the more regrettable things the Vent he's ever said yeah. <laughs> alongside some things he said to, to Booker T in 2003 did he did he call him a black slur no but he did say people like you don't get oh, to be so champion he, he was racist but no racist he, he said no I wasn't meaning black people I meant people from WCW like sure that's what you meant I. that's what you meant you racist prick yeah. <laughs> Head creative, man. Head creative. Yeah. Head of creative. Don't like WCW people. Anyway. We'll just put it like that. 
So then, so then we get this, that video package and everything. And like, Sean's coming home, my man, uh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Sean's coming home, my man, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And then they get the, the thing they rarely did, the, them walking backstage. Describe Sean's outfit for me here. Paul. Sean's ass looked great. <laughs> Is that Was that the description you were looking for? No, no. That, that weird thing that he's wearing over his shoulder. Yeah, not... he looked like he was he looked like he was wearing a very sparkly shrug. It looked like he had weird mirrors or whatever it was I, on over his chest. I thing. have a I have a very cute little jumper that looks like that. <laughs> I it's one of the least surprising things I've ever heard come out of your mouth. Yeah, here, I have so. a very cute little jumper that looks like that, but the sleeves are not as long. Hey <laughs> Ting <laughs> But anyway but I, Sean comes out looking very shiny a and... weird fest thing with like mirrors and He's, he's got his usual gear, but the hearts are like down in like the Texas flag colours, which is I nice. Can, I can just say I liked when he was walking to the ring because he got a nice, good close-up of his his butt. Yeah. He, he took that long to get to the ring, his song started looping around again. I just liked his ass. I thought he looked good. And then it's just a slow walk with Sid like, coming down. He the gets ring. there and he does all the, he does all the Sean machinations uh, and all the, all the, rah, look at me, I'm sexy boy. And then we hear like, and you're like, even with me, even at that point, I was so gone on Sean. Like, I would have ate him with a spoon. <laughs> but Sid coming out, and I'm like, yeah, like, like, I was like, never mind who's a man. Less is a man. Less is Sid. Sid's gonna fucking eat this bitch. So, and for the longest portion of that match. Sid did eat that bitch. So, here's my thing with this match. I, I don't hate it. I think it actually works for the story that they're telling. It's basically did the you, environment. Did you like Sid's entrance? We did. Did Look. you like the... And I don't think... Like, I think this was at Survivor Series. Correct me if I'm wrong here. I, but, like, we're done with the fist bump and that's... that's no, I just like, Suddenly, I'm dominant. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I think it was a JR thing that said that started that all suddenly I'm dominant thing. Yeah, but no, that was that was as weird as that was. That was pretty cool because it it really suited him. Like suddenly, <laughs> like I'm he, dominant. He started coming out with phrases. I think I've mentioned this one in the past. At one point during this run, he started saying, "In this business, it's kick or be kicking." And at this point, he said, "Like I'm gonna come this match with Sean. I'm gonna make my conquer or whatever that is supposed to mean." Wait. Never mind what Sid meant to say, just they said it with conviction. But then, they did a funny thing on a Christmas episode of Raw where they did a group of cars reworking, you know, Santa's coming to town, but with Psycho Sid's coming to town. The only bit I can remember of it is, you better start to run, you better start to cry. Psycho Sid's coming to town or something like that. <laughs> it, it reminds me of that character from fucking Family Guy. No, American Dad. Mm. No, Stelio, <laughs> Stelio, Canto, Psycho, Psycho Sid. That's him, that's you. <laughs> Who's the man? Anyway. Sid's the man. So, uh, Who's thing, the man? That's me. That's, that's you. That's, this match, much like the Survivor Series match, is, is helped by the crowd. The crowd at Survivor Series, it was more, a lot more dominant in favour of Sid and Sean looking annoyed about it and trying to favour that. But the suddenly crowd, they were dominant. Right, but suddenly, like the crowd were behind the side, so that made you root behind side and the made the match feel yeah. exciting. This match, yes, it may be slower, but again, it's made by the crowd because the story is Sean is getting beat down and beat down, but it's in his hometown, so the crowd are rallying behind him and giving Sean yeah, the like, Sean's going to get beaten, but he's going to he's going to make a miraculous comeback and do all his thing. And what did Sean ultimately do? 
made his miraculous comeback, didn't he? Yeah, he made his miraculous comeback with a camera. And a, and a year before he would get a legitimate back injury, you have Psycho Sid working over his back for much of this match. Yeah. Including the camel clutch at one point as well. Yeah, as I said to you as we were talking mm-hmm. about this before we recorded, mm-hmm. I, d- I did have a lot of issue with the, with the stop-start. Like, I did yeah. think a lot of the rest holds mm. were a little longer than they needed to be. Think, especially like um and sorry cat in no, there. No. but especially like see when uh Sid had him like particularly in the camel clutch uh, I just thought like you know I could have gone and made myself a cup of tea. <laughs> like like you get it was in the bell where he said just shove Sean on his arm and Sean yeah. gets right back up and right in his face and looks angry. And like it's annoying because like yeah there's some spots like a spotlight on the camera and everything and they do go outside doesn't feel like how they, and they describe it, not just in the video package, but earlier on in the night, about how they think it's going to be. Yeah. Feel like re- the same referee is sitting right in the other, which I think is Errol Hebner, did the, the IC2. I must think, oh, if he's letting this stuff go, what's he going to have in the main event? Like, if anything, the spots outside there with weapons of the referee let slide with the Ahmed match and the, the IC2 match and, match. Yeah. Should, some of those should have been reined in and saved for this match. Or a better still, include those matches, but don't I need to say that the referee's letting it go. Make, book this as a no-DQ match, because you're trying to sell it Sean's out for vengeance and out for blood, but you're not properly selling it. Maybe we should just book it as a no-DQ, just let them go hell for leather, you know? Should have done, but we mm. didn't done. But they didn't done. <laughs> yeah, we didn't done. Right, instead, like, we Sean... We didn't done, did it? Instead, Sean just goes right after... Right after said he does have a big like, crossbody and some punches to the outside. Yeah, done doing a much good law. Right. Sid does lift him over his head for a slam at Sean claws at the eyes. Yeah. And then yeah, he just kinda of works over his back. He gets him to a long bear hug, he sends him back for a of the ring pose at one point in the outside. And then Sean fights out of it and he goes off the top and what happens? Got another bear hug. Yeah. You may, now you see what I'm saying about the yeah. rest holds. Yeah. Uh, he does then start his whole, his typical shot, his Sean version of the five minutes of him. Crossbutt, a couple of shoulder tackles, lie down. Kip up, leg, oh, elbow drop. Kip up, still like that. Yep. That was Sean. That was Sean. Was Sean had his umpteen moves of doom. And so Sean, obviously, he goes for the junior mate, but Sid manages to block it. Referee ends up getting knocked down, but then Sid manages to hit the power bomb. But the second referee takes too long to get back down the aisle. One, two, Sean kicks it. And then Sid, angrily, just batters the new referee anyway. Yeah. Because he's a bit mental. He does tease he's going to hit the, the Lotharios again. Uh, and then... Why well, he didn't just smack them silly, I don't know, but we'll go on. Sean then grabs a camera, smacks Sid, Sid with it. Twice. And then, mm-hmm, and then sets up... For, well, then he gets a pin, and then the referee slowly counts it. Uh, kicks out, but then Sean then decides to go for speech and music. I don't know why you don't have the camera then go right into the speech and music but that wee pin in the middle makes no sense like mm. that's a pacing issue I guess well that's that's mainly I think to make Sid look strong even though he's going to lose yeah and so Sean hits the speech and music people are hyped for it hits it there's a big cheer because Sean wins back the WF title in 13 minutes 49 seconds yeah yeah and then he has his whole shorter you know, than shorter than I expected it to be and then he yeah. has his whole post-match celebration grab when he gets a little chicken with shades on and he does he's, his thing he's and, and Da are in the crowd I think they were oh, there for I think they were there for the whole fucking show and everything yeah 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 but no he gets that little chicken that's all like a massive Sean fan nah. he, he, he would do that occasionally with like has her on his knee with her little Sean shades and she's all like yay I'm fucking I'm on Sean's knee cool and Sean's like yeah what, what I thought was probably a wee bit weird was 
a couple of seats along from where Sean's mom and dad are. There are three women in the crowd who look like they want to shag, really want to shag Shawn Michaels, and they make sure people know about it. So, a bit, a bit, it's a bit weird, be awkward, especially if they knew that was his mom and dad. They're like Sean's mommy and daddy, who are, I would assume, considering Sean went religious, I would assume his mommy and daddy are quite religious. Well, no, I think it was through his, his missus that he kind of. His mummy and daddy are not quite religious. Well, I assume they maybe they would be, but maybe they didn't force it on him initially. Yeah. Well, all the different types of being religious, they can be like regular Christian or Catholic, or whatever. But then, then, then the or they can be like Sean and born again. I think born again is a different level from that. So who uh, knows? I've not. I don't know the Hickenbottoms very yeah, well. So born again is a different level of retub. So there we go. I don't know what oh. their what their beliefs are, and I don't think. Do you, do you know mine are? I've got an idea. I believe in the holy bottle. <laughs> anyway. Not in the holy fucking fairy book. I just put here, Sean hot dogs for ages. He, he really does. He really rips the arse out of it. He does. He gets to the point where you're going, come on, man, finish your show. There's enough. Like, the amount of times Sean's won a match and he's the multiple, multiple looks like you. At that point, you realise that Sexy Boy isn't as long as a song as you think it is. Nah, it's not... I know as good a song as you think it is, either. It gets irritating after a while. Aye, a wee bit. So, Sean wins. They do a wee, like, that wee highlight package of the stuff that you've seen, the, that even yeah. the highlights and everything. You know what the best song ever in wrestling was? What was that? Gold Dust theme. <laughs> that was the best song ever. Do you know why? It was the music of the best guy ever who never won the title and should have done. He could have really fucked Sean up with all his weirdness. I really... Really glad that you finished that sense the way you did because given the way they portray you go off the rumours about Sean, the way you said he could really fuck Sean like I beg your pardon. No, he could have really fucked Sean up with all his all of his weirdness. Mm. You mm. know, like I mean, that that was a Vince was senile then. But like you know, that but, was a story primed for fucking wrestling, you know, the sexy boy, the weird androgynous Oscar statue. I think they I think they just they they had it on the live event loop and then they just chickened out of doing actually doing it on TV. They should have done it on TV. You know, I know for a fact Sean would have said something to Goldust during that feud that would age immediately poorly. Just like, hey, you do your thing, man. And then <laughs> Sean's like, the heartbreak kid doesn't go that way or something like that. The thing is, though, Aye. have you tried any shape with Goldust? With Dustin? Mm-hmm. Dustin would have kicked the living piss out of him. Because <laughs> Dust, Dustin might have played a fruit. Mm-hmm. And Dustin was no fruit. Oh no, he would eat a battery. He was a big ass Texan. D- Dustin would have took no shit from no one. It wasn't even from Texas, it's from Georgia, I think, is he not? The roads are from like Georgia. Oh, Georgia. Uh. Well, he's a big fucking, he's a big boy, he ain't going to take no shit. Uh. I, I, I just love it, his little bit on the fucking uh, wrestling show. like, my name is Samuel from Saskatchewan. <laughs> you know. No, Sean is the champion. And I feel that they schedule a rematch for him and Sigurd on an episode of Raw. No, weirdly, why? Why did? Why did it initially want to do that for? Well, I see why they didn't book that for Final Four. But then again, it's not the title. The title match. No, the match titled and the name of the pay should be the main event probably. But also, Sid wouldn't get his second run until after Final Four. But they also probably that that Raw that was may happen wasn't technically on a Monday. Got moved, so maybe they wanted a. Like, Greg will not be a Monday, but if you don't tune in, you'll miss this big match with Sean and Sid for the title. Yeah. But even if they did tune in, they didn't fucking get it. For reasons, I'm going to hold off to. 
because there's a whole story about this <laughs> that I want to talk about in detail when we awesome. cover Final Four. Inevitably, who knows when that will be. We have other things in the pipeline. Yeah, we, we might talk about cake. Maybe. <laughs> or, 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 or wine. Or wine. You we, don't drink wine, do you? No, so Paul will be doing the talking bitch. about wine. Call me a bitch, you well, bitch. We, will we talk about cider? Maybe. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's something you can talk about. That's something you can involve yourself in. Yeah. Cider. Well, Paul's fucked. Uh, so I think... Well, I've, tr- I've drank the best part of a bottle of wine. I know who told you to do that. <laughs> I did. Well, you should know not to listen to yourself. You're fucking mental. <laughs> I like listening to myself. It's a lot more fun. It's not. I don't say I've listened to you. It really is. I, I get a lot more drunk if I listen to myself. Anyway, so we have... We've come to the end of this road here. It's been a long one. The Royal Rumble 1997. Final thoughts, Paul? Well, like I say, I think... Uh, as I say, I think the main event's a little drawn out. Yeah. It's a good main event. A little drawn out, Lil. I'm not as negatory on the Rumble itself as you may be. I think the Rumble itself, like, I mean, it's not the best Rumble, but it isn't, yeah. isn't the worst. You know I mean? Good result, good build-up. It's good to build towards the final four. And all, and it all ultimately led towards, you know, what I think Vince was going for, which was to build Stone Cold. Yeah. You know, I, and I don't even know if that was his initial idea, but I think that, you know how Vince back yeah. in the day, like, have you seen something working? He'd be yeah. like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's working. So I think that led towards, you know, Stone Cold getting higher up the card as he did and yeah. ultimately being a legend, you know. The undercard, apart from, like, your, you know, your six-man, as you say, that sucked ass. But, yeah. I mean, the undercard, that aside, was not terrible. Yeah. You know, so I, I would give it a solid thumbs up. I wouldn't give mm-hmm. it two thumbs up, but I'd definitely say it was an okay rumble, you know. Yeah, it's just... I think we've covered rumbles with better undercards. Yeah, I like, I like, well, we definitely we have. Yeah, because like ninety three, I thought was a better undercard than this. Yeah, yeah, I mean, would we get John Marty, Brett Razor, Steiners, Steiners v the Beverly's was good. I mean, uh, Bam Bam Bossman was a bit meh, but you know, it's not Bam 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 Bossman was basically a glorified squash. Yeah, pretty. Was that not uh, at that time uh, Bossman's last match before he came back as like Proto Shield? I'm sh- I'm sure it was yeah. Because yeah. then you go spend a brief sp- uh, spell in WCW yeah, for a few Bubba. years. Aye, then come back and didn't you have a famous uh, uh, something on a pole match? I we covered that back the beach. Aye, or just John Tenta as he was known there. Oh, it was just John Tenta then. Or he'd yeah. be Big Bob Rogers. He'd be the boss at one point. And then W quickly put the guy was saying, "Well, you can't call him the fucking boss." Then he was the guardian angel. Can I ask, just out of curiosity, and I'm probably right on my my thought process here. Yeah. Was he ever an NWO member? No. So he was one of the only members of the WCW roster that was not a W an NWO member. To the best of my recollection, he is not an NWO member. But British Beefcake is. British Beefcake, Brian Adams, Buddy, everyone, Fort Vincent. See, the very fact that fucking, what was his fucking name in WWF? What, Virgil? Virgil. The very fact that Virgil was an NWO member and the boss man wasn't. Uh Come on to fuck, man. 
Okay. You know, at least at least the boss man could fucking wrestle. And I'm just double checking. I'm looking up. I'm sure he. I know he was briefly in like the dun may have been in the dungeon, didn't briefly, but I think he tried to join the NWO and then fought against the NWO. Let me just double check here. Cool, cool. Yeah. I love what you have like at hand. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I hate like a spilt red wine on my nice pink quilt. Damn it. We've reached that stage, people. I, I am officially. He did join sober. the NWO briefly. I was right. He, I think he wrestled as part of the NWO at that sold out period. I don't know who he wrestled, but he said, it's just all I can figure out. He says his time with the NWO would be for truly be knocked out by an unknown assailant on the 17th of February 1987. I'm pretty sure that would end up going on. It'd be said, pro uh, Sting probably. No. Nah. The then he would be fired again, fired by the NWO and then would feed against him. I'm pretty sure there's a match like the 97. Uh, Sold so, out. No, 97, no, the 97 Starkey where it's Bubba teaming with the Steiner brothers against a group of NWO guys. But not the best team, it's Vincent, Macho, and Scott Norton. Like, well, two of those are good, because Scott Norton was big in Japan, and you got Macho Man, but... But then you've got Vincent. Then you've got Vincent. Basically, in case of, he, who, which one of these guys is going to take the fall on the NWO? So, but like, Vincent, in it. Actually, then I think about it, NWO didn't even lose. The NWO won that match, I think, for some reason. One Vincent that got the pin, was it? No, I'm sure it was Macho, but I think it was just a case of, like, we've got Macho in here, Macho's got to win. Did Vincent ever win anything in the WCW? Not that I can think of, thankfully. Good. So the only title that Mook has ever held has been the million dollar title, million for, as dollar as title for all of a blink and you'll miss it time yeah. period. Yeah. Where, where, where do you win that? Uh, SummerSlam. SummerSlam 91. And he lost it. I was assuming on a house show or something. I think he just got stolen by the repo man and just given back to DBS. Oh, so he didn't even get a chance to defend the goddamn thing. He just got taken Well, I don't know if he him. defended it. I don't think it was a title you really defended that much, but... Well, I, I'm thinking the time period that title was, he may yeah. have. Anyway, like, my thing about this, Rumble, I think we, I've, we've covered Rumble with better undercards. Yeah. Uh, there are times where the crew was a bit too quiet for the size of them, so... I, th I it was think, a bit off-putting at times. I think 92 had a better undercard. Yeah. And then in the Rumble match itself, like, if if it wasn't to do with Austin or Brett for most of the match, there'd be periods of time where I'm like, this is a fucking boring Rumble. <laughs> like, this was this was pretty much, even though a lot of people include like Brett and, and Foley and other people, but like, it was, this was the Austin show. This was the one-man Austin show here. Austin made made this Rumble yeah, what it was. Yeah, well, that was obvious the minute he came out. Yeah. You know, it was, like you say, it was the Austin, it was the Austin-Brett feud in a Rumble. Like, and and the crowd made the main event more barrel, but I will admit, like, used to, like, there were times I'm writing my notes, like, you had him in a barrel, can I count clutch? And then there's a wee bit of time where I'm sitting there, oh, and now he's up, Scott, Sean Miguel, and he's in another he's bear back hug. He's in, a, he's in another bloody bear hug. Yeah. I mean, you got to admit, like, when there's a main event match, you want a little bit more than just power moves and rest holds. Mm -hmm. So, and know, that, that is essentially what that main event was power moves, rest holds. And then Lucha-style shit with the comebacks. Yeah, I mean, the Triple A match I knew was going to be dog shit. Well, not dog shit, but it's definitely my least favourite match. Look, be, be truthful and honest with yourself. I can admit it, it was dog shit. It was shit. I, I, I... Anytime, before my VCR broke, anytime I watched that rumble, I, I fast-forward past that. I don't want to see the Triple A pitch. I don't care. Mm. And that... That is a that is really a glaring thing on them. I do not care. You know, I 
I don't want to see a couple of B plus AAA guys yeah. wrestling a match I frankly don't give two fucks about. Uh, I have to be honest with myself because, you know, there are points that I enjoyed more than I thought I would. There were ones, oh, I thought I'd enjoy that and they were good. And then the points were like, oh, I'm not really not enjoying as much as I did. So, you know, it's me getting me some shit because I'm pretty sure I'm not sure if I rated three or 93 or two higher than this. Like, I think the highest with either of those two I went was, oh, was one thumbs up or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Unfortunately... I'm in the middle here. You're in the middle. I'm no, in the middle. And, yeah. Do you know, honestly... Austin was tempting me to go one thumbs up, but even then, I, I, I couldn't... No, I, do you know, I totally respect your viewpoint on that. Yeah. Like, I gave it a thumbs up because I really thought the whole Austin-Brett thing... Like, like, I think about the way it builds towards yeah. where it becomes, and that's why I gave it a thumbs up. I think, uh-huh. like, it's great story building, mm-hmm. and I give it a thumbs up for that, but I totally respect your... Yeah... So, I mean, I totally get it. Yeah. You know, I, like, it's one of the rare times I actually understand your rating, you know? Because, like, cause, you know, and I'm worried I might be seen as, like, controversial with some people, like... No, you're I, quite I, right. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be, but, like, it's just a yeah. case of, like, I know for some people, there are those out there who love the year, like, everything about the year 97 and the storytelling, and there is a lot of great stuff about year 97, there are some people who think it's, like, mm, one look, of the best years that there was a lot. There was a lot of, um, if you really, uh, if you really study it, there was a lot of shite in amongst the good. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think that that uh, the Yoga Rumble was the best show of that year. No, that no. Had, there, I think, what, I what do think, you believe was the best show of that year? Well, 97, I, I think it's probably Canadian Stampede. Probably Canadian, well, I, I, I think that's in my collection. I'm not sure. Is that an In Your House? Yeah, it's an In Your House. It's the one before SummerSlam. It's the one between King of the Ring and SummerSlam. Well, I'll have to check my collection yeah. when we're done, but I think that's my collection. I think that's yeah. one of those ones that I got just after my VCR died. <laughs> so it was in my collection, but yeah. I've not had the joy of... Only four matches on the main show of that thing, but it still manages to be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's one on the free-for-all as well, but you know. Well, I, didn't that Canadian stampede have Bruce Hart in it? Well, he wasn't in the match, but he was in the crowd, so... Yeah, he was there to cause annoyance. Yeah, he, he was meant to do one spot, and he tried to get himself in more shit. Didn't he f- just fuck it? Uh, he just started properly, like, hitting, <laughs> hitting Stone Cold, like, shouldn't have, and Stone Cold was That'd be the point where Vince go, you had one bloody thing! One thing, and you fucked that! You <laughs> dick! <laughs> so there we go. That is the Royal one, one thing to do, and you couldn't even do that right. So there you go, that's the Royal Rumble 1997. Uh, we have a, a one thumbs up and one mid. Yeah, so this will take us into the, uh, this is kind of our midway point between this and our in your, uh, between our in your gas stage where we're going to be talking about the final few, four. Yeah, we don't know when that's going to be because we've got some other shows planned in the next couple of weeks. We're, we're, getting, we're going to get together in the next week or so to uh, discuss some plan plans out, for the future. Plan out some stuff that we, we've got in mind that we think is going to be very interesting to discuss. And uh, we'll also be some shows that require multiple parts, so get used to that on this feed and on yeah. the main feed, which we are now also available on. So, we thank you for checking out this show. Let us know what other shows you might hear us talk about on the uh, From the Vault, so you don't have to connect to the timeline of our and your gas feed. It can be other things. Indeed. Oh, wait, there are many shows that I do inevitably want to cover in the future, so yeah. there's that. And... Make sure you check us out on Twitter at SPL and check out Rogue Pains that we're also available on at Rogue Square Pains on the Rogue Pains feed, much like our feed, which you can find on all good Android podcasting yeah. sites like Anchor, Spotify, do, iTunes, do Google Podcasts. Let me know how I sound on the other show. Yeah, because over on Rogue Pains, Paul is now joining me 
on a new on another retro type of timeline where you are going through two thousand and SmackDown and the pay per views that are involved in there. So we are yeah. to, we are currently talking. We're about to talk about King of the Ring two thousand. Yeah. I am I am not as negatory on it as you may think. Yeah, I'm I'm reasonably negatory on it, but. Yeah. I mean, again, you're on a, you're, we're on a feed called Rogue Opinions and you've never been shy about your opinions, bro, well, or otherwise. I, I personally, I don't, I think I'm justifiably yeah. against it because you know my feeling on constant run-ins. Yeah. I don't like that shit. Mm-hmm. So there we go. So be sure to check that out and other shows that I'm involved in over Rogue Opinions and loads of guys as well. And check out our past shows from this feed, like our past retro reviews are in your mm-hmm. guest here. Our, our, other, our random rambles. Yes, yeah, random ramblings are retrospectives that we do with wrestle, wrestling ones mainly. Yeah. And we are going to do retrospectives in the future that aren't wrestling related, but there are quite a few wrestling related ones that we just feel like we really need to do right we now. We do. And if you haven't already, please, please do check out our eclectic escapades. Yes. That is one we are reasonably proud of. Yeah. So It's where we look at kind of Fraser actors outside of their main Fraser role. We do so did David A. Pierce's Slim the Stick Insight and Bugs have, Life. And we have a few coming up. I mean, I, I personally will check out Osmosis Jones because uh, it's sitting there in front of me and I know David A. Pierce is a large part of that and it's a good movie. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you yourself have seen it, Scott. It's a good I've movie. Not, I've not. Heard about it, I've not seen it. Yeah, it's a fun movie. Bill Murray. Mm. Bill Murray is in it. And we also do Frasier. We're reviewing Frasier. We're not reviewing Frasier in a while. Maybe we, we really haven't. We really should get back into that. Yeah. We're, uh, we're, we're just we're, about we're, at the end of season six. I guess we? we're just about to finish season six. I think we've only got four or five episodes left. Yeah, you're, and you'll love it because this is just about the time I started hating Daphne. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're at a real tipping point in the season. We're at a real tipping point where I want to bitch slap the crap out of that woman. But he won't. But I, w- but I won't. To, but stay tuned to hear him talking about how he wants to. And also like our Facebook page, facebook.com for stuff from Pocket. Leave us comments. Let us know what, again, what wrestling or retrospectives you'd like to hear if you have any suggestions. Or if you know of anything that a Fraser actor has appeared in that you'd like to hear on an eclectic debate, do let us know. Yeah, or if you just want us to talk random crap. Yeah, we can do that easily. We can do that easily. You don't need to be recording to be doing that. Yeah, we just do that anyhow. We were all... So, thank you all for listening. You guys real for listening to us. Yep. Scott's shirt is kick-ass. Yes, I've got a cool Venom shirt. Thank you for noticing. You really, I know it's not. I didn't want to bring it up until the right moment. Well, this was probably the right moment. See? Thank you, for everyone, for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed both parts. And I hope, for God's sake, that you didn't come into listen to this not having not listened to part one. Otherwise, yeah, because be... if you didn't listen to part one, you'd be all fucking squiffy and you'd be like, ah, oh, what the fuck? So go back and listen to part one if you didn't already, and then come back and listen to this again. Yeah, and, and we love you all. Yes, we do. <laughs> Paul's went all brother love. We love you. Yeah, I went brother love because I've drank a bottle of wine. We <laughs> love you, brother ultimate. I love you. Yes, and we love you for listening. Thank you, everybody. Goodbye. See ya. I said chill Up and down their spine I'm just a sexy boy I'm not your boy toy I'm just a sexy boy I'm not your boy toy I make them 
shiver Their knees get weak Whenever I'm around They see me walk They hear me talk I make them feel Like they're on cloud nine I'm just a sexy voice 